Val Berley. Remember, if anyone asks, you're my niece from out of town. I am your niece, Uncle Joe. Good Lord, I'm an abomination. show 267 and damn straight we're going to be giving it to you today we're going to drop in the goo giving you the knowledge and on this show we are going to be covering the wide receivers from the nfc we just recorded a show with the wide receivers from the afc if you haven't listened to that one you don't have to listen to it before or after but make sure you check it out we're trying to run through all of these positions pre-draft and it's a good time. So this show, NFC Wide Receivers for the 2017 Fantasy Football season, we will go through all 16 teams from that side. What's up to my left? I've got Houdini. I got Stag Party across the way. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. And uh, I'm pretty excited. This is fun doing back-to-back shows. I was say, long time no see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're doing shows. We started at 10.30 this morning. We're at 2 o'clock right now, or 1.40. Um, we were going to record three shows today, but it got a little long, and so we cracked our, we cracked some Valverde's for show two, uh, kept it Valverde free for the AFC ones. Hopefully we don't go too long-winded as a result, but I'm pretty psyched. I know Stag Party wants to get out for some scramble on the golf course and this Beautiful Saturday day, so we'll give you guys what you want to hear, and then we'll move on and live our lives. I promise that I won't really ramble on too much because I'm not drinking my normal uh, heavy. Uh, we're drinking what? Uh, uh, you got a Modelo. Modelo. So this is uh, this is like session ale for me. So uh, <laughs> you know, it'll, it'll it'll take by about team twelve before we might recognize the uh, long windedness. I like it. I'm drinking a Sculpin. Um, good. I actually stayed away from it for a while. That's kind of just a little expensive, and it's funny. It's actually not even that great of a beer to me right now. But Sculpin, doing it up, stag parties. What are you drinking? Miller Lite. Yes, Miller Lite. You're clearing out some of those Miller Lights from my fridge that just sit there dormant. They're all <laughs> you, buddy. Go nuts. Drink it up. All Ooh. right. Well, good times. Basically, we're gonna do the NFC. If you want to follow along, we're just going in alphabetical order. We're checking it out off of FootballGuys.com and their depth charts. But we will start with the Arizona Cardinals. 
Obviously, a year ago, everyone thought that that was going to be a juggernaut of an uh, offensive team. In some ways, they were, but the passing attack, everyone thought was going to be the best out there. Didn't really work out that way. Now you look, uh, you know, a year later, and there's pieces missing, and uh, one piece is always there. And let's talk about him, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, you know, the thing that's interesting about uh, Arizona is that we know the offense is running through David Johnson. So David Johnson is going to be the guy that's going to get the lion's share. It, Larry Fitzgerald, by de facto of what's left here in, at the wide receiving core, um, and I expect them to probably be a team that's going to be looking to add to their wide receiving core as well. You have J.J. Nelson, who's, who's a, a nice kind of third, fourth guy. You know, John Brown is the enigma. You know, which John Brown are you going to get? And is John Brown really uh, anywhere close to being a, a, a solid wide receiver two or a wide receiver one for this offense? No. So Larry Fitzgerald is still the, the, the ace in the hole. The one thing is that with J.J. Nelson, and you got to figure Arian still likes to take his shots. And because of how strong the running game is, you're going to have some good opportunities there. But I think that Larry, Larry has the best year. Larry will still get the, the majority of those red zone targets, and I think that he's always still a value pick, you know. Well, Michael Floyd's gone. Got, had obviously that terrible DUI incident. Got a shot uh, for the uh, Patriots. Didn't even play. Wasn't even active in that Super Bowl game. Um, but did have one of the biggest hits by a blocking wide receiver of the season last year to help uh, Edelman take the distance. But Floyd's gone. That didn't work out. Stag party. Are you? What are you hearing about these guys? Uh, are they are they going to replace in the draft their parents uh, early to Fitzgerald? Are they going to go and grab a Mahomes or one of those guys? Uh, what are your thoughts on, on on how this wide receiver crew for this year? can be helped, but also for the future as they're getting a little long in the tooth. I haven't heard much of them adding wide receiver, and that's a little bit scary. I think they think John Brown's going to be back from his sickle cell issues. They expect him to be back and healthier and hopefully be that dynamic player he was in his second year. So I think they're really hoping for a rebound from him, Larry Fitzgerald, staying as involved as he has the last couple years. But I also think they want to get more involvement from a guy like Jermaine Gresham, who they want to use more. Uh, so that that's all the parts that are working into it. But this is such a deep draft with complementary wide receivers that I could see them adding a player like that in you know third, fourth, fifth round in the middle rounds. But also in the draft, there's a lot of talk of them adding a developmental prospect, a quarterback, as Carson Palmer reaches his 36th birthday. How much longer is he going to be around? So it's all going to come down to that, but I don't know if I'm interested in any of the receivers. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's constantly underdrafted, but you know, I think people are catching up to the fact that he might not be. And it just depends how quick people get back on John Brown for me. If he's going to be another pick ahead of a guy like Macklin, you know, I'm going to go with Macklin every day of the week. So, so it just depends where his draft position is going to be. And that's it. J.J. Nelson, I don't, I don't think is a guy I'm going to touch. Um, even though I seem to like the big play guys, I like if they're bigger big play guys. And if I push them over, like with myself, with my hand, I think J.J. Nelson would fall. Do you think J.J. Nelson, looking at him, he finished a 46 last year, uh, 34 catches on 74 targets, and had six touchdowns, uh, 500, 
don't you think that that's just kind of what you're going to get from him almost every year? He's probably he, he's probably a, a plateau receiver. And yeah, you're not going to get you're not you're not going to really get much more. Than he's that. he. That's why I said with Arians, who likes to take his deep shots, he's going to be the guy who's going to get the majority of those deep shots. It's also why you see the very bad uh, ratio of the of the catches, but because he's also not a guy that has a full route tree that he runs. So he's not and he's not a guy that you're going to count on to 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 get. 100, 100 plus targets in, in, in a season. So that's why it's gadgety, and that's why those you got to beware of those guys that had those spikes of touchdowns in a, in a small amount of catches. When you have six touchdowns, it's a 20%. You know, 20% of his catches were touchdowns last year. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's exciting with this team. I know it sounds stupid and almost reality TV-like, but you're going to be able to see this offseason. They're going to be the all-or-nothing team again. Uh, so you're going to get to see them. I don't know if you have uh, Amazon Prime, uh, but kind of a cool show. It's the same thing as uh, Hard Knocks. Uh, but they're going to be on it again this year. So you're going to be able to see kind of firsthand in some of their OTAs and, and preseason and training camps and all that who the team likes, who's playing well, who's who's engaged. And um, that can tell you a, a, a really a lot. I, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm pretty much off this team altogether. I love a David Johnson um, early. But in all honesty, and I know people think I'm nuts, but unless David Johnson was to slip to me, and I know we're talking wide receivers, but at the three or four, which is not going to happen, I'm going to go and I'm going to go with Elliott, and uh, and I know it's, it's probably crazy, but I'm going to take an Elliott and a uh, Bell over a David Johnson this year. So I, and that's that means I'm basically not going to have anyone on this team. Maybe a Larry Fitzgerald if he falls like in that seven eight round zone, and I'm feeling like I need a wide receiver. But other than that, I'm kind of just off. Off of the Cardinals. All right. Well. Yeah. Anything else to say about him? I mean, Not, fair enough. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a uh, Le'Veon Bell, then David Johnson. And, um, I won't have the Zeke Elliott on my team because I probably would have go for some wide receivers before him just because of uh, I'm in PPR leagues. So you don't like series. If I was standard league, if I was standard league, I would go for for Elliott. But yeah. I think that might be the reason. I'm not so much in the PPR. I haven't stuff. been in a standard league in. I can't blow my league to get it. I would do Bukaki over my whole league to get it to go PPR. What? Oh, I watched. <laughs> you said why him? Yes. You said you see it? Yes. I, I mean, last. Watched last, it last right? night. Um, it's like, it just means like when you're overwhelmed. <laughs> it's I mean, like, I'm very overwhelmed all the you time. You were laughing a lot, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That shit was. I haven't fun. seen it yet, so I got, I got to so see funny. it. Right. So funny. I mean, laughs out the wazoo. Okay. Don't go by, their, by the ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, how could this movie be at 46? I would die. Because comedies are never judged properly. No. But this one, like, literally, you're, you're still laughing with the, in the final two minutes. Well, the best part about this movie is I know that my parents went to go see it. Oh, that's hilarious. And they went with my aunt and uncle. That's and hilarious. my aunt and uncle uh, loved the movie. My parents did not like the movie. Oh, <laughs> and and, I, and I, I saw the preview for it, and I looked at my parents and I said, why did you think you were going to like this movie? <laughs> that is great. What were you thinking? What were you thinking? <laughs> um, noticing Aaron Dobson. No longer a Patriot, moved over to the Cardinals. Uh, let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons. We did talk a bit about Julio Jones <laughs> in our previous AFC show. So we obviously like him. He's consensus one or two uh, at the wide receiver position. The problematic yeah, issue he, he is might, he's his, my number three or four. He's yeah. your three or four. Because his problematic issue is the touchdowns. Yeah. So, so tell, tell us, tell us your, who you got. 
Uh, I've got Odell and Antonio both ahead of him. And then, uh, yeah, who was probably three. Yeah, yeah. What one day, one day Julio, and I know why. We know the touchdown non-dependency. One day Julio is going to just explode for a ton of ton of touchdowns, and I hope that happens. And I don't think that'll change you, but it'll finally be like Stags be like, why the fuck hasn't this happened for the last five years? And we'll all agree. Yeah, we'll all agree. That's all I hate. It's going to be one year where he gets like fourteen to eighteen touchdowns. I think this is the year. God. Guy. You've been saying that for the last five years. How do we have to? I'll, I'll say it for this year, no, because we weren't saying it for the last five. We were we, for the for about three years ago. Saying why is he not getting more? And then okay, it's become he had the ridiculous. What was it, how many catches and targets he had uh, two years ago? He should have um, had two thousand yards. If he didn't yeah, get up. but I think. But the fact that he was dealing with injury last year, and then you see how the development of like a guy like Taylor Gabriel. Well, now other teams have to at least game plan for this guy. So, and then you have uh, the dynamic duo of, of Freeman and Coleman. So you have all these other weapons now that it's not just going to be so focused on. Okay, we just take out Julio Jones. So I think that's going to help Julio in, in the long run. You also have the development of Austin Hooper, so I, I, who's, who showed that he could be a downfield threat for a tight end and you know, like a very much the wide receiving tight end. We talk about how rookie tight ends don't do shit. That wasn't necessarily the case with the. Yeah, well, he, he, he didn't do fantasy stuff, huge, but, but. He, he, had, he had he had a couple games where he showed some promise. Um, but I agree with you. The, the progression into year two should help out Julio and just that, that, that offensive weaponry. Uh, you got anything else to say on Julio or you want to talk about Sanu? I mean, my, my problem is, like, we compare him to all the other top receivers. He's always a little banged up. Like, whether it's a hamstring or it's his foot again no. or, you know, his shoulder hurts a little bit. And it just seems to be always a lingering issue that will go in through the season. And, and that sucks. sucks. Yeah. I mean, if – if I could choose, like, I've got guys like Antonio Brown, who's pretty much played 16 games for three years straight. Last year, he only has 15 games, but don't worry. That's just because he sat week 17. You know, well, I, thought he, I thought he hurt his balls from when he hurt when he straddled the, uh, <laughs> the, the goalpost on that one touchdown. I mean, Odell has shown much more touchdown upside in the last So wouldn't you then, based on what we talked about in the last podcast, wouldn't you then, when you're saying, yeah, you'll, you'll still have Julio at three, I would think that you would put A.J. Green above him. AJ Green's also had injury issues. I mean, talking this about who's missed games year, last year, but AJ Green also missed four games a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, like over the last three years, Julio's been healthier than AJ Green. Okay, so that's that. But AJ Green's up there. Mike Evans, we'll get to later, but, yeah. because I think there's some flaws. Uh, but Julio, I really like Taylor Gabriel. I have the second receiver over him. Hans to do. Snooze just. Not very. He's not great. He's good. Like he's a he's a better professional receiver than he is a fantasy player. Yes. Like I said it all. I'm like he he's makes more of an impact on the team than he will for your fantasy. Absolutely. That's why I didn't bring him up. I he said, was a big part of his success last year, but not in fantasy. But I because of what he did last year, teams now have to game plan for Gabriel. Yeah. You don't have to game plan for for Sanu. Yeah, I mean, Sanu's a guy who could do some things. Like, he's just going to be like six, seven, eight hundred maybe yards um, and catch four or five touchdowns, and it's just never going to turn out great for fantasy, but it'll make an impact on this offense. By the way, thanks for posting that Gary 
Gnu uh, like that? the other day on our during our draft. Yeah. Gary. Gary. Gary? That's 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 weird science. But the Gary Gnu. Was that from Zoom or that's from the Great Space? The great, yeah, the Great Space. That my buddy Moltz, his sister was dating this guy Gary, or actually went and married this guy named Gary when she was super young. And we used to always call him Gary Gnu. Gary Gnu and Gary Gnu's. And they ended up, they annulled the marriage. She got married. Um, sorry, I shouldn't be telling all this. Not, I, I said his name, but got, she got married to Gary, annulled it after seven days. And the grandma came over to uh, their house, and she was super young when she was there, rings the doorbell. And uh, Michelle, the woman who just got married, opens the door. The grandma slaps her in the face and turns away and walks away. <laughs> Everyone told her not to marry Gary Gnu, and she did, and she annulled it seven days later. Thanks for wasting my $100,000, honey, you dumbass. All right, well, we're getting off track here real early. This well, you, is want, you, want, here, you want a little Gary Gnu? Yeah. All right, let's give you a little Gary Gnu. This is Gary Gnu. The following is a big political announcement. Gorilla, thanks, Gary. This is Gorilla Gorilla. I am a candidate in the upcoming election from the GOP party. GOP? What's that stand for? Gorilla of Promise. <laughs> well, I thought maybe it's good for Gnu's on Parade. Look, Gnu, pay for this political announcement. Me or you? You did. Good. Politics is Gnu's. I wouldn't pay a cent for it. Will you be quiet? I paid for ten seconds here. Uh, sorry, Gwinnell, your time is up. <laughs> See, has been a big political announcement from Gorilla Gorilla. But, but didn't I, I, I get a chance to do anything? Oh, no, 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 that'll cost you another penny, Gorilla. But... <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, let's talk. I think we can move on. Like Hardy, is he ever going to kind of make that leap? Is this his third year now? He was kind of a high pick. I mean, Hardy is just. He's another sort of slot receiver, but he doesn't have the dynamic uh, ability to pass Taylor Gabriel, and Sanu is you know, more highly paid, so it's going to probably be his role first. But I'm not really worried about Hardy just because there's a lot of different weapons and he's not getting anywhere close to him. Yeah. Well, Roddy White announced his retirement finally, so no one really picked him up after that Falcons run, which is too bad. I kind of uh, like his career really kind of tailed off quicker than I think any of us would have anticipated. But that's the problem with certain receivers, man. Suddenly you just hit an age and you're done. Like you don't suddenly have a you're not a thousand yard receiver, and then suddenly you have a seven hundred and fifty yarders year, and then it sort of tails off the five hundred. You're just fucking done. That's it. Like you're out. Like Andre Johnson, fucking bomb, thousand yard receiver, boom, out of the league two years later. How could? But I feel like he. Reggie might, Wayne, hundred and twenty seven. Yeah, like I can do this all day. But there's no, there's I guys agree. like you know Fitzgerald who people Bolden, thought was going like, like to like be done and then, and then and then come on. But those are like rare rare yeah, talents. You're right. It's just too bad. But Roddy retired. Great career. We love you, buddy. Great career. Great um, career. But it also just depends on their style of play. Like Bolton's never relied on speed and quickness. Yeah. Like, Bolden's the same play. Probably runs a faster 40 now than he did when he fucking came into the league. <laughs> I think I think when uh, when Roddy White came in, because uh, I think he was in the same draft class as D'Angelo Hall. Uh, is that right? The defensive back? Yeah. Uh, uh, sure. And they both, they they both ran, like, sub 4-4. Four, four, uh, I think... Really? I think so. Four, four, I don't four, think he was that fast. Roddy was, that Roddy was a speedster. I'm pretty sure. 
Uh, I'm gonna have to right, look, yeah, up, look, gonna up, have to look you up on this. That's why I'm comparing him to Bolden. Right. But I thought he'd be able to be just have that savviness and four, be, four, five, four, four, oh, five. That's faster than I would have thought. Anyway, uh, Falcons. Let's see. Let's see what happens with Sarkeesian, and let's see. I mean, I hope uh, we're drinking a couple Valverdes here Saturday afternoon. Hopefully, Sarkeesian's off the off the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> but I, to you, Sark. I also have concerns. About the offense, because they had like a historic offense last season yeah. in terms of rates, in terms of average yards per attempt, uh, in terms of just total yards on very few plays. Like they were super explosive, and I don't know if that can continue. Yeah, um, well, the one thing I did read though this week is, uh, and, I, and I kind of noticed a couple teams, when you have historic offenses like that, I completely agree with you. Reg- regression is going to happen. Don't expect that same thing. But when you have that amazing, amazing, it's a good offense the next year. Uh, I know it's a little different. Shanahan's gone, so you got a new coaching staff. That's obviously an element that changes that. But when an offense is that dynamic, they don't all of a sudden suck the next year. So I think that bodes kind of well for Atlanta Falcons. Uh, in looking at Atlanta's uh, playoff schedule, um, they are going against Tampa. Oh, Jesus, this is a nice one. Atlanta's week 15 and week 16 is at Tampa Bay and at New Orleans. Nice. And that, by the way, that looks pretty. Because I'll be there too. You look at week one at Chicago. Well, yeah. They're going to poop on the Bears. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm telling you. Good God. So, that, so, so the Falcons have a nice schedule. But here's the thing when you're talking about this amazing offense, this is the other argument that I can make uh, as a contrarian for, for Julio Jones. Julio Jones didn't have that huge, amazing year in an offense that was un, unparalleled. So. Everyone else may come as a regression to the, to the mean, but that's where I think Julio becomes more important this year. I don't know. He had a second highest career yards per reception. Like, he was 17 yards per catch last year. Let's be honest. Julio's a top five pick. Maybe top six pick. Sure. And, and but, so, so you just got to know if, you, if you're in on Julio and you like him and he's a good player, he's going, he's going, there's basically the three running backs, the uber backs, and there's Three or four wide receivers, maybe a fifth. Yeah, we can well, go. Last thing I was going to say, at 17.5, here's where I want him to be, 14.5. You want to know why? Because that means he's getting the three-yard touchdown catches. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Carolina Panthers, easiest schedule in the NFL. Uh, everything I'm reading is just saying, God damn, uh, move everyone up. Um, you know how you get easy schedules of the NFL? You lose a lot of fucking football <laughs> You're bad. games. You lose a lot of fucking bad football You lose football games. Like, so great. Um, it's all going to come down to Cam Newton. Who is Cam Newton if he's not a running quarterback? Is he still going to be, you know, is he going to be the player that comes out and is dynamic with his arm? You know, apparently he had, you know, a soul, shoulder surgery. Who is he now? Like, that's my major question. I'm really concerned just because if he's not rushing, he's not going to be great. And his receivers have never really been that great. Well, so this is where I, I, I want to bring it back to because uh, for those of you who listened to the last podcast, now is the time when you can shit on Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin so, Benjamin so, sucks so go ahead. dick. Okay, here Like, we go. he's not good. There's nothing. Kelvin Benjamin's just big. There's not a other aspect of his game that he is good at. So, but hey, Kelvin Benjamin started the season, you know, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Then 
you know, sort of really fell off. Like, Kelvin Benjamin was, what, number three receiver over the first four or five weeks? Yeah. Uh, then what happened? Not good. Would he finish, like, like uh, 35 or something like that? So, no, he finished top 20. He finished oh, 19. 19. Okay, better than, um, better than I thought. But he also didn't have the targets he did in his, you know, rookie huh. year. That was... Remember, he missed a year, so 2014 to 2016. But... 145 targets his rookie year, just 117 last year. What what player? I, like I think he can get to like a thousand and eight, but I don't think he's. I just don't think he's very good. Like but, but I don't that's think all I got. Like, well, that's the other problem. Who else is any good on this team? Because then is, is Devin Funches. You, 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 Devin, you don't. You don't. Devin have Funches Ted, also sucks. Right. You don't have Ted Ginn anymore. So who's this? This this is a team who needs John Ross. Like this is a yeah. team who needs a field stretcher. What this about what about McCaffrey? That's a that's a name that you're saying. Okay. Eight. Okay. Do you think that the, helps? That helps out the wide receiver scene? No, I, it doesn't. It help doesn't them. help the guys catch the ball. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't help the wide receivers at all. Just because that means more targets are likely to go to the running backs, therefore decreasing potential targets well, for no, wide receivers. I got a question though. So let, let's let's analyze this team. Let's say that everything stayed the same as it is right now, right? Calvin Benjamin is just big, right? So he's not necessarily getting separation. The one thing about Devin Funch is he might get open sometimes, but he doesn't catch the ball. So he's got he's got stone hands, right? So is there who does but does Funches by de facto see a bump up from where he was last year just because of the fact that there's just a dearth around them? They have to add somebody. Like they yeah, can't. Right. They can't stay as currently constructed and be a functional offense. Well, we know that they're not like, going to stay as currently constructed. We have a draft coming up and everything else. But I'm just saying, because then you can understand if you're if you're trying to figure out where to place these guys right now. Where do you guys think Devin Funches finished uh, at wide receiver last year? Fifty-eight. Fucking one hundred and fifty-four. It's probably about right in the middle where you guys both said he was eighty-one and he played fourteen games. He had 23 catches last 23. year. He had, he had <laughs> who was it? Uh, and four touchdowns. Well, four like, touchdowns. not just yes, four touchdowns. He had Carl Perkins, uh, uh, yeah. rookie, of the, rookie year, of the year stat line. Rookie of the year stat line. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, that guy is not good. I agree with you. Um, I don't think um, Calvin's as bad as you do, but, uh, but, but people really like him. And even in our league the other day, uh, in, in our mock draft that we did, uh, Calvin went super high. He went in the fourth round. Like, I take Eric Decker, not knowing anything about his quarterback situation, over Calvin Benjamin. Absolutely. I did and too. admittedly, you, you admitted that that was your worst pick because you were on a gym and a treadmill. Uh, but uh, Calvin Benjamin, by meatbone in the fourth round, was not a good pick. I mean, he just seems to be overdrafted for my liking. Like, he's touchdown dependent. And we thought he was also target dependent. He was a little more efficient last year. How many hundred yard games did he have? I, I, this is the thing too. He's, at least you can make an argument. One. For, one. You can at least make an <laughs> argument for some guys, but you're not getting. So this is the this is the type of wide receiver I don't want to draft unless I'm getting him at an absolute value. Because what am I getting on a week to week basis? Am I ever getting it to the point where? Man, Calvin Benjamin put me over the top this week. Week one of last season, you would have. That's, yeah. what it That's low, it. low floor, low ceiling. It's like he's like the Stevie Johnson, right? He's going to end up at this the, the, when he had like the, the three years in a row with basically the exact same stat line. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty much true. At least Stevie Johnson's got a, a, a cheek piercing. 
Okay, um, let's finish finishing up with this team. It's just okay. The offense has always talked about since the end of last season evolving, and evolve like how does this offense evolve into something different? And I mean, different? I think it's gonna be it's gonna it's be, gonna be next, but it's Leonard Fournette or Christian McCaffrey or John Ross. Where would they? But where they where they would take John Ross in the second round? Nah, they'd probably have to take him in the first round, but move back. Or they just trade down? Yeah, but. Like those three guys are the only game changers to your offense. Yeah, they I mean, lo- play, they lost. what could you do? Add OJ Howard, who or who is the replication of uh, Greg Olson. Greg Olson, no, like no. literally, they're they're probably the same player. Yeah. Um, and but Olson's or, old. Yeah, yeah I mean, a good pick. But you get the same player, and your offense isn't evolved. It's now you just run more two tight end well, sets. You, right, and if you're doing that, and, and you and if you're doing that, you're picking. Howard that early, you're running it with, with Jonathan Stewart. So or here's well we got to move on, but here's the one thing you got to say. Ted Ginn is the guy that seemed to be making the last two seasons seemed to be opening the things up, making the big play. Any time there was a game where the offense exploded, whether it was Ginn, Ginn individually doing it, it seemed like he had a big his his fingerprint, his print was on that game, and he's now gone. He's down playing with New Orleans, so we'll see. They need they need a lot of help, but I think they know that. I think they know that. I think it's going to be one of those years where finally we've been saying this for since they for three years. What? Why is this team not bringing in weaponry for Cam Newton? Why aren't they doing that? So this, this is the this problem is right the now. They they try. It, depending on what they do in the draft, Diverse it can really them. also dictate to you what they, how they believe where they're going as a franchise. Do they believe that they're a contender? Are they bringing in someone to help fill the? You know, you know, if you're going to go Howard, then that's saying we're going for the future. If you're going to go for McCaffrey, yeah. McCaffrey is a guy that's an instant impact guy. So is Fournette. So, you know... I think Howard's going to be a lot better from day one. I agree. I think Howard's going to be Yeah, but, but, but at the same time, it's a diff- then you're running a different style of offense. Yeah, oh, but they need to do that regardless. I mean, because they're not going to run shotgun all the time with Cam Newton under... Like, are they going to run shotgun all the time? Are they going to throw to the running back? Like, these are things that all have to be answered because it's things they haven't done before. Right. I, I agree. Yeah. We'll move on. That offense, regardless of who they get, what happens, is going to have to change their MO. When we do our division-by-division division breakdown podcast, we'll be able to answer a lot more questions. Cool. I'm excited for that team to see what they do in this draft. Remember, two years removed from Super Bowl, uh, not a terrible Now it seems like so long ago, right? Yeah. Hopefully Keekley's all right because if he's uh, banged up and gets one more concussion, that defense takes a yeah, big, Tom, Tom big Davis turn. is no uh, spring chicken himself. So. Remember, they lost Norman. Uh, all right, let's go on. <laughs> let's go on to the Carolina Pan- uh, Sorry, the Chicago Bears. 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 All right, let's start with Kevin White, not because he's – Really, the one wide receiver one. I think that's Cameron Meredith. But Kevin White, you think Cameron Meredith? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Right now, I do. Just because Kevin White, what has he done? It keeps getting hurt. I mean, I think if if they're both healthy and at the end of the season both play sixteen games, I like Kevin White. You know, I'm a fan of the guy. But right now, the guy just cannot pull it together. So I I think what I saw from Meredith in, in 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 different samplings. Uh, I think he's. You don't think he's their wide receiver one right now? It's Kevin White. I'm, I'm just saying, like Cameron Meredith was fucking holding Kevin White's jock when he was not injured. Like, oh, no. So do you? Okay, look, so here's the question: Kevin White, 
coming in healthy. Obviously, it's been a bad two first season since going, what, seven overall. Uh, Pace and, and Fox's first first-round pick ever together. They're on borrowed time. What are your expectations with Kevin White this year? I mean, they're not strong, but this is a guy who averaged nine targets a game uh, before getting injured last season. It's not like he was completely you know, missing from the team when he was out there. He made some impact plays, but you know, fewer than you would have liked on such an immense target share. But when he was in the offense, the target share was huge. Um, didn't score a touchdown. Didn't you know? Average under ten yards a catch. But just the targets were huge, and they weren't going to Cam Meredith when Kevin White was healthy. Uh, Cam Meredith converted college quarterback needs. He's raw. Had 888 receiving yards last season. I, I, I think he's got some skills. But right now he's being overdrafted for my liking. He is being drafted as the 34th wide receiver. And as we've talked about with the 34th wide receiver, how many other names have I said in that same range? Tyrell Williams, uh, Rashard Matthews. Uh, guys I'd much rather have than Cam Meredith. He's too rich for my blood too, I agree. Well, it, it's, it's, the other thing is this. It also goes back to the whole fact of people trying to make somebody into more than what they are, right? And the one thing is, we know, I mean, from all the uh, the reporting that we hear in Chicago, we know that the Bears coaching staff really like Cam Meredith. They like him because he's a hard worker and he's all this, but he doesn't have the skills that Kevin White has. They just need to get Kevin White on the field and keep him on the field. And they're going to give him more of those opportunities to do those things because he does have that special skill set that you don't see very often. So I think that's where it becomes in the benefit. And that's why I'm going to give uh, my, my uh, nod to Kevin White and say, Val Verde! Very well. If that is the way the winds are blowing, let no one say I don't also blow. <laughs> Here's what I was, I think the one thing that you just said that made me think of this is they got rid, they were willing to get rid of and not re-sign um, Alshon Jeffrey. So they like Cameron Meredith. They like what they see. They like what they think he'll be able to learn and how he'll be able to improve his craft coming into this season. Obviously, it it very much relies on Kevin Smith. We went high on you. You got to stay healthy. Kevin you got to. Yeah, there you go. Did I steal it? <laughs> Did it? Fuck's sake. Valverde. I love Kevin It's time we face up to the unface up to a boo. Here's the thing. Chicago offered the most money for Alshon Jeffrey. And they offered the biggest contract for Alshon Bigger Jeffrey. Bigger than Minnesota? Oh, yes. I thought Minnesota did. That he offered, no. they offered the most. Alshon never wanted to play here. So, what does that mean for Cam Meredith? Like, they didn't think all that much. Like, he's not a number one. Like, but also this draft lacks number one receivers. Mm-hmm. They they need to see if, you know, Kevin White could be the number one. Hey, because maybe Cam Meredith could be a number two or number three. Here's the thing, though. They brought in Kendall Wright to play the slot and play uh, a little bit on the outside. Cam Meredith was much more effective when playing in the slot. How does that affect the offense as a whole? Uh, it's just a lot of questions, and I don't want to pay a premium for Cam Meredith, even though he did have some good football games last hey, season. Hey, here's another thing you got to worry about. We have yet to find out because it's all new uh, people. you got to have Mike Glennon, who's going to be running the offense, 
who's he going to find to be his favorite target? True. True. It doesn't, you know, maybe be just because Meredith had that connection with the guys, which were like Barkley and uh, and Hoyer. and Hoyer, who by coincidentally at the beginning of the year he was playing with on the practice squad, uh, right. or, you know, together. So. Those are always things that, that come into play, and, and I think we won't know a lot about that. And I think because of that, I think uh, Cameron Meredith being well overdrafted because of the skill set, you're safer if you're choosing between these two to go to White. Well, one thing or also, Smith. when you're playing <laughs> when you're playing the NFC North, you've got a good time on the, uh, the defenses. Only Minnesota's got anything reputable. And let's be honest, they started real hot last year and they kind of really started to suck it off a little bit. And one of the matchups that they're playing against, the Bears are playing against Minnesota, comes in week 17. So it's not even going to affect your fantasy. Yep. Look at this. Look at this uh, pretty good schedule. Stretch. At Detroit, Cleveland is week 16. Now, again, are you drafting any of these guys thinking they're going to get you to the championship from this team? Not really, but if Kevin White's your wide receiver three and has a good season and he's going against Cleveland, could be a good time. Or if these guys are on the waiver wire, you got to start looking at like week, like five weeks in advance around week 12, someone gets upset and they drop that guy. You can stash him on your bench and then you play for a matchup if you have one of the guys who's going up against Denver we were talking about yeah. in, the, in the last one. I can't remember who that was, Cincinnati or whoever. Uh, my also problem with it is Mike Glennon. Like Mike, Mike Glennon's not a great quarterback. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He's going to be the only quarterback, you know, starting the season who throws a pass under 50 miles per hour. So we can't grip it and rip it. How Cam Meredith, like PFF, rated him as the number one receiver on double moves. Oh. Let me see. Is there a quarterback who can throw double? Oh no, I can't find him either. So that that's that's great. Like he, if he's real good at the thing, but we don't have a player who can get him the ball, you know, vertically down the field. How is that going to work? And I think Kevin White's a vertical wide receiver too. You think the Bears are going to take a wide, uh, quarterback? You think Kaiser is going to be on our squad? I fucking hope not. Who do you want? They, no, the guy they, they're talking about the taking is trying to get like in the second round to get like a Mahomes. Mahomes won't be there in the second round. Well, yeah. Or trading up in the... Texans will take trading. Mahomes no matter what, and he won't even get to them. That guy's buzzing well, himself. The, the idea the is to make, the, 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 if, they're, if, if they... Potentially, if they stay with the number three pick, because they have two, I think, third or fourth round picks, I think in the 120s or whatever, 117s and teens, they, will, they can potentially trade back up uh, and throw Jeremy Langford in there. And uh, <laughs> seriously, and, and trade up to go back into the first round or trade down from three and try to get the, the guy... Sorry. <laughs> yeah, let's break. Yeah, that, that, that trade needs a... <laughs> let's talk. Okay, before we go on to the next squad, how about we listen to this? The Dallas Cowboys. The designator. We throw, we, Stag just threw up the X for me to do that sponsorship break. Well, should we be throwing up the X? People are not high on this guy. And I'm going to be honest... I'm one of them. I've seen enough of Dez really never living up to it. He lived up to his, his potential one season since he's been in this league. One season. And every season, he right around now, he's talking about how he's working harder than ever. He's going to do it. And he either always gets injured. This is a guy that's worse than Julio. And always gets banged up. He just can't seem to formulate the season. I hope it happens. But... I, I just don't know if I'm taking him at the end of the first round. Maybe he lasts to the early second round. There's, I've just seen too many Dudley games on him. He doesn't see, it never seems like um, 
uh, Coach Garrett is trying to get him involved early and dominate and make him the focal point. And I don't know, it's just Des Bryant. I wore my Des X shirt yesterday. I was wearing it. Check, check to see. I haven't showered today. Uh, <laughs> I, I was wearing it before the shower yesterday, and um, I just, I, I just can't do it. Okay, well, I'll give you the. I, I, I'm still positive on Des. I'm still a Desbian, and the reason for me is that Des, I think, had his. I think he had one of his better years the year when DeMarco Murray was going off, right? And I know that we had Zeke Elliott come on last year, but the thing was that Des has been the biggest diva on that team, as we know. He had to have a babysitter follow him around, you know, all the different stories that, 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 that surround this, this cat. But what's what I think is the best part for him now is that he is no longer that best player on that offense. And I think that with the young guys taking over, um, and you also have, you know, think about just like complete steadiness. This is a team that Terrence Williams decided to re-sign and, and stay there. You still got Cole Beasley. So you have basically your entire wide receiving core intact, like basically no change happening in this offense. So, and then I look at the development and the growth of a quarterback from year one to year two. And I'll look at it from, you know, look at what Mike Evans did with Jameis Winston in year one, and look what Mike Evans did with Jameis Winston last year. So that's where I'll, 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 I'll put more of a benefit that I, I'm going to give benefit of the doubt, and I'll take Dez. And I need to shut up because Dez had three sweet seasons, 12, 13, and 14. He was a dominator. Um, 41 so, touchdowns yeah, in it's, three it's a, seasons. He's a dominator. But the last two seasons, together, touchdowns, total fantasy points, haven't even added up to individually right. in any of those seasons. So, um, hey, I love a Dak. The guy's got all the talent, but fuck's sake, he just got... That, last year he played 13 games. I know he's hobbled and he was playing through injury. But. Yeah, the first four weeks of the season he basically played through an injury. You know, he had surgery when he came back. You know, what happened after he came back? Oh, let's talk about this because this is where it really lights up. Uh, from week eight <laughs> on, from week eight on when he returned from injury, uh, minus week 17 because the first team offense played one series, didn't really play in the week 17 game. Uh, he averaged, what, 13 and a half fantasy points, which would have been good enough for wide receiver one on the season. Basically the same amount of points as Jordy Nelson. He's got the same sort of touchdown upside as Jordy Nelson. He's got the highest touchdown upside of pretty much any wide receiver in the league because that team will physically throw him slants mm-hmm. and fades. And they make a concerted effort to do what you know, Atlanta doesn't do with Julio. They try to get him the ball near the red zone, even throwing him the stop route where he just stiff arms motherfuckers to the ground. So, and, and, but, but the problem last year was Dak struggled throwing him that pass too, a, a, a bit. I think Dak gets better at that. From and with with the fact of Ezekiel Elliott and the threat there, I think that they have so many they have so many different ways that they're going to score. This is going to be a high powered offense. Just just the numbers that he put up from week eight on, including the playoffs. Remember his playoff game against. Green Bay, nine catches, 132 yards, and two touchdowns. They really started to mesh towards the end of the season. He was a flat-out dominator in terms of what he did, and he's finally healthy. You know, he has a full off-season of being healthy with a young quarterback. 
I, I love Dez in that second tier. Cool. I like it. I think it's good points. Um, one of the th- reasons why I definitely like the current situation as opposed to when it was Romo and all, all the other backups when he got hurt is it seems like Dak's mature enough and, and almost confident enough and almost strong enough to be like, fuck off, Dez. I, if I'm not going to you, I'm not going to you. You're not going to bully me. I'll put, I'll brawl you in the locker room. Let's let's see. And Dez was humble. He was much different, more eloquent, more thoughtful, less less kind of selfish. So I like that. Hey, I like Dez. I just I just know that I'm not. He's not the guy. Even thinking about you know in this draft that we did the mock draft we did the other day, which is really my first draft of the season and really kind of made fantasy real for me and excited. I just I just wasn't going in on uh, I wasn't going in on Dez uh, late. So maybe that changed. What pick did you have? I had the seventh. Okay. So you know the first seven picks. I mean like But if I but if I had but if I had the tenth if I had the tenth I I don't think I would have taken I don't think I would have taken So you would have taken Jordan Howard, Jay Ajayi, you know all of these running backs over Des Bryant. That's the argument. That, no, that's what happens at the end of the first round, say, boys. I just said you're making a good point. Yeah. I mean, if, if the other thing is you still have to remember, and this is where you have to divorce yourself from what happened, say, like last year or whatever. You have to look, look at a guy who's still in a prime of his career who with that history that he has. And... In a dynamic offense. I mean, that's the other thing. Is this is not like he's on the Cleveland Browns and you have schlock around him. You have no, premier right. talent all over. I mean, him. I'm going to take him over Jordy. I'm yeah, gonna, I am too. Uh, so if I, if I'm at the end of if I'm at the end of that first round, I, that's I, I'm that gonna, that's the one. Horrible. That's, I, I take that back. I have right now. I have it. Uh, Jordy one ahead of Dez. You need to move AJ Green above both of I do. I know. <laughs> well, this is why we we do box and we talk and so. But uh, <laughs> the thing with Jordy is, hey, Jordy's had a couple knee surgeries, right? Jordy's getting up there in age. Mm-hmm. Like you're telling me, there's no chance that Jordy just falls off a little cliff if he loses a little bit of speed. You know, we saw at points last season where he didn't look as fast. And if that sort of you know disappears for a long period of time, what happens? To get well, we can talk about Jordy when we get to, to, sure, to sure, Green Bay because sorry. I have I, got, I, got, I have thoughts on that. And let's move over to some of these other guys on this. I, team. I like Cole Beasley better than I like Terrence Williams. For sure, Terrence oh, Williams yeah. is going to be seventy-five to eighty targets, catch forty-five passes, one good game, you know, seven eight hundred yards, you know, five touchdowns because he seems how like his numbers over the first four years of his career. We've always wanted more, yeah. but he's been incredibly fucking consistent. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Cole Beasley is the guy I like more. He just seemed to have a better rapport with Dak. PPR. They they no like him out of the slot, getting the ball out of him as quick. Like when they need a quick conversion, Cole Beasley is the guy they're looking for, uh, and that's that. <laughs> Look, I tell you a funny story. So in my in my league that uh, Charlie Don't Surf runs, the sixteen team league. I had because I made a trade last year to get Des Bryant. So in this offseason when I had to like drop guys for contracts, I'm looking at my team and I have Des Bryant, I have Terrence Williams, I have Cole Beasley. 
<laughs> so I had uh, Terrence Williams, who I acquired in a trade with TC. I dropped him, and I gave uh, Beasley a two-year contract and designated my franchise player. So I, I like. I mean, in, you got. I agree with you because I'm like, I'm like, get rid of. Get, I, I can't have Terrence Williams on my team anymore. You so. gotta be, you gotta be loving Cole Beasley in a PPR league. I think they're gonna figure out a way to use him more and more, and uh, unless, expect, unless. Elliott can improve his pass catching out of uh, become a better receiver out of the backfield, and there's no reason to think that Cole Beasley's targets aren't com- are coming down. Um, I think we can move on. Let's go to the uh, Detroit Lions, the taint, the golden one. Um, so the Detroit Lions are a team I could see in the first or second round adding a receiver. Marvin Jones, you know, had a great start to the season. After that. It was, you know, atrocious, but was he the number one receiver through the first three or four weeks? And then, like wide receiver 75, he finishes a top 40 receiver. I think he's got some value to just where he'll be able to, you know, have better games. The 50 to 60 yard games on a weekly basis. And while that doesn't look great, he'll score some touchdowns. Uh, Golden Tate after the first four weeks. Wow. Yeah, let, 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 me, let, me, yeah. let me talk about Jones because this is what I just think about Jones. And I think anyone that's trying to make him, again, don't make a guy into what he's not. And I don't think that Jones is a guy who's going to give you like the four catches for 50 yards every week. What Jones is going to give you is he's going to have a couple big explosion games and he's going to give you a lot of other duds. Yeah, uh, so if you're if you're getting him, you're, you're playing for, like you said, like those first four weeks, you're, you're playing for about four, four, maybe five games out of the season and you got to hope that you're picking the right ones. What happened? I'm not seeing the, uh, the fella out of space in his name. Who's that tall, lanky, white dude? That, that, that they had on the team last year uh, at, at receiver. Right? No, I'm thinking about the Broncos. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, you, he's not even on their depth chart either. <laughs> Maybe not Jordan Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, I mean, their third High receiver. Five. High five. High five. I mean, let's just remember, Detroit's third wide receiver and Anquan Bolden is gone. He's the yeah. guy who caught a boatload of touchdown passes for them. Now, if they don't bring anybody else in, I definitely think they will as a depth piece slot receiver. Just because they like after Jones and Tate, this offense or the depth chart is, you know, lacking some talent. I, I did like T.J. Jones a couple years ago. But I just don't know that they like him enough to feed him targets, and that and that's a problem. But Jones and Tate are the guys for me. I'm gonna have Tate over Jones. And and the thing that that would also this spells out to me is if they're not able to add any real significant help to this wide receiving core, it's a bump up for me for both uh, in PBR leagues, especially uh, Abdullah and Theo Riddick. Yeah. Guys who can, who can make an impact as receiving uh, out of the backfield. Riddick especially because they, they, they line him up in the backfield, they, they split him out wide. They can put him up at the, at the, at, uh, anywhere on the field. So I got the benefit too. Well, the, the one thing you got to like about the Lions is they are the second highest uh, pass percentage team out there. Uh, they've. Uh, yeah, but see, I wonder if that's also because, you know, Duel was hurt. They didn't have anyone else to run the ball last year. Look how much look how many carries Theo Riddick had when this is a guy who you never would have thought he would have yeah, uh, they were by the end of the season Zenner was the only thing they had left but they throw they throw the thing uh, a shitload um, so we'll see that could uh, bode 
well, it always bodes well in some regard for the wide receivers. So let's move on to. Yeah, I just want. I'm just looking up. But Theo Riddick last year had uh, uh, 92 rush attempts, so he had 43 the year the year before. Huh. And Theo Riddick always has the right. Or lately, has always had the most uh, targets and catches. For our, our and he, well, his targets, yeah, because the, uh, in 2015 he had 99 targets as a uh, as a running back, and they only had 67 last year. Huh. That's because they were getting uh, injured. Yeah, he got injured, injured. He got they got injured up. too, right? Yeah. What did he play? 11, uh, 12 10 games? games. 10 games. Yeah, he exactly. got banged up. He was yep. he was sick until he got until yep. he did. Uh, you got anything else to say about Tate? All right, let's move on to the Green Bay Packers. We alluded to uh, Nelson, and you thinking maybe he's going to fall off that cliff. Uh, Let's talk about. Let, well, let, 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 I was okay. going to give it the, yeah. the, the, the my other counter argument, at least that you have for Jordy Nelson, as you said. In in this division, Minnesota is really the only team that has a, a strong defense. And then you also realize that the matchup for the NFC North is that they get to go uh, play. They're playing Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina. Uh, you know, and, and Tampa Bay. So these are not the strongest of defenses uh, down there either. So as far as strength of schedule, Jordy, I think at least, you know, if he if he is, you know, potentially going to hit like that wall, I just don't. I think I think the signs will be on the wall this year, but he the wall ain't falling down yet. Sure, but it happens quick. I know it does. Like you can't say like the signs will be on the wall when that's not how receivers work. Like, receivers just stop being good. Like, at some point in their career. Nobody knows when it is. They just stop. Could Jordy, you know, be good for two more seasons? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, but, but there have... is a chance that, you know, I'd rather draft him as the eighth or ninth receiver off the board than the fifth. Um, you Top know, schedule. Fit week 15, Carolina. Week 16, Minnesota for Green Bay. Two weeks, uh, you know, a year off the knee injury, but he's had other knee injuries in his career. Um, usually when he scores a lot of touchdowns, he falls back to earth a little bit. You know, after his 15 touchdowns in the 2011 season, he fell back to seven. Right Although he's also had 27 touchdowns the last two years. Well, last three years because he didn't play. But yes. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he, he was in... And most leagues, that was, and Jordy Nelson finished number one wide receiver. I mean, it, it was still an impressive year. I mean, you know, coming back with all the injuries, twelve hundred plus yards, fourteen touchdowns. Um, you yeah, know, sure. Play, but, played every week. Yeah, let's absolutely. Move, let's move on to the next. Go ahead. Um, Jordy Nelson. The problem is they could also bring in a running back, right? Yeah. Remember, this is a team that went pretty much pass fucking happy. They were like seventy five percent pass. Once timely gone rate, yeah, even their running back running was back. a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So if they scale back, because this is a team that doesn't throw that many pass attempts in a typical year. Like, remember, we always used to complain about Aaron Rodgers not throwing it a lot, not piling up the garbage stats, and not just piling it on, piling it on, piling it on when he could have. And that, that affects Jordy Nelson because if they get up, then they like to grind it and run the ball. So if they bring in a big bruiser, that's going to bring things down. And then that touchdown number, well, know, that could go down as well because of having a back to give touchdowns well, it, to. It also will depend on which who, which back that it is that they're able to bring in. But the other thing that I'll say is, and let's move this conversation toward other of the wide receivers yeah. here, is that when you're talking about that wall and all of a sudden it hits and whatever – I'll tell you what, the writing was on the wall for me last year that I think Randall Cobb is almost at, at the point where he's going to have that big drop-off. So he's the guy that I'm less 
uh, I don't want to, I don't want any part of Randall Cobb this year. Well, here's the reason I didn't either, and I've been I've been off the Cobb thing, but he he is plummeting. I mean, he is absolutely like to be on that team with Aaron Rodgers and where he's going. I don't know his ADP off the I wide receiver thirty three. I mean, he is just going low. Where it's like just because what I saw a little bit in the playoffs, and when finally he came back after the injury, and to have. Uh, one of his groomsmen, Aaron Rodgers, say, hey, this team's better with Cobb. Cobb's still a major part of it. Like, just where he's going and where you're getting him versus, like, Cobb used to be like a top ten wide receiver for the last many? four or five years. There I hated him, but now when you're sitting down lower, who knows? If What if he's right and what if Jordy does get injured or what if Adams goes, goes back to being sucking? Maybe he is, like, right back there, and it's just for the ADP. I'm, I'm feeling like he's going to be on a lot of my teams this year. Jordy was injured. Now let me ask you this. How many times in his career, which uh, we're talking six seasons, has he had 1,000 yards? One or two. Once. Um, how many times has he had uh, double-digit touchdowns? Two. Once. Actually, twice if you include his rushing touchdowns. Uh, in his second year, he had 11 touchdowns. Of course I was included. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and only twice has he, if you if you uh, go yards from scrimmage, has he had over 1,000 yards. I hear you. I'm so that's when he was younger and faster and all these other things. So that's, that's, I, was, I think he was getting How old is Randall Cobb? He's not that old, but I'm just saying, if you talk about a guy that, that falls off the table, he's, he's 26. He's 26, turning 27. But does he, does he seem like a 26-year-old? No, he, he doesn't. But that's, I'm only basing it on ADP. You guys know where I've stood on that guy for the last three years. Yeah. I've been a hater. But now I look and the roles are reversed. It's like, right. okay, this guy actually comes in at a value, and he's in the, it's, it's the team, it's the relationship with the quarterback, and it's the fact that I, I thought he was older, and I was still thinking this. So we'll see. I, do I think Cobb's the greatest thing ever? No, but it all kind of works in your favor. Of you're not giving up that much for what could be. Last season he was injured, didn't play you know a full season for the first time in two years. But he had been a guy who'd previously been injured in his career early in the career. Uh, but the target share was down. I think that could rebound a little bit at the expense of Jordy Nelson, at the expense of Devontae Adams a little bit. Uh, I like the way they're not using him as a punt returner, or kick returner, and or that gadget guy because they have Montgomery. So now it's just like go out, do your do your uh, slot, slot receiver. receiver, be a slot receiver, and you're going to have some great moments and you're going to have some okay ones, but uh, we'll see. But also one of the things that Jordy did well is he played a lot better from the slot last year, and you know that could be a reason they're moving Cobb to the outside where he's not as effective, and uh, that that that's something I didn't really even know they were doing that. So he's he's going to be split out more. That's something they did last year, so that's something that's going to be a little bit concerning. Here's the one thing I like. The only thing I like about when I'm watching the game with Jordy, with Cobb, and Adams, they keep pretty uh, stagnant. But when they're do- putting these guys in motion and having a lot of action, especially now with Montgomery, who's a little g- got that gadgety dynamic, some good things can happen with Aaron Rodgers. So hopefully, where I didn't know that, that Cobb was moving out to the split end, but get these guys in motion because... Rodgers will get it out real quick, or he'll prolong the play, and he'll go, and one of these guys will find that opening and come back. Anyway, um, anything else to talk about? Jeff Janis, we don't talk about him anymore. Are we, we talk about talk- Devontae Adams? Yeah. I, Adams. Devontae Adams is the interesting one. Yeah. I, I drafted him in the fourth round just because I think he's got 
touchdown upside. And you were a hater. You no, been a hater. I don't like the best. I mean, yeah, last year I was a hater. You know what? No, but this is the thing. You have to understand it again. Understand the offense that you're in. Go back how many years with Aaron Rodgers that there are two receivers in this offense that pretty much get double-digit touchdowns, whether it was James Jones, whether it's, I don't know, you just keep going back. Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb, <laughs> one year. Him and Jordy did it that year, right? Uh, so, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And, and remember, Dogmatica's big thing was was how the, the fourth wide receiver, the third wide receiver, it's the third, it's always the third. And and, and in, in this case, you're still sitting there. I don't know if it's Kyle, I think, or Adams, but um, I had Adams well, last probably, year. And it's it was be, awesome. It's, it has to be Adams has to be the third because of the way they're being drafted. Because Cobb is still being drafted ahead of Adams. No, he's not. Always no, not. Not even close. Not even close. Dude, I grabbed Cobb like like you said. He's, he grabbed Adams the fourth. I got Cobb in that draft. Uh, sorry, guys. That was uh, ninth, <laughs> tenth. And we're talking about ADP. Devontae Adams goes in the third round. He's high. Okay. Wow. Okay. He had a ton of touchdowns. That's another guy last year that, as an owner, um, loved him. I mean, this is a guy that. But could have left more. But look, he dropped yeah. three touchdowns that were like big ones. Or like uh, and another problem was they were like first drives. Where he's kind of still a young, heady guy, where he would drop these, and then all of a sudden he would just kind of evaporate. So, but look at what, look at where Adams was last year versus where Adams was two years ago, and you got to be liking where he could be in year three. Because year two years ago, I would say he was the worst wide receiver in the league. Pro Football Focus would agree. <laughs> worst, and last year he was the top ten, top fifteen guy. Yeah. In, in scoring, what, what sixth? Oh, he was high. God, he seventh. Yeah. That guy was an ADP gem last year. So, yeah, I mean, twelve touchdowns. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the most touchdown-dependent guys out there. From one but touchdown if, the year before, but but again, I, you know, if you want to be a touchdown-dependent guy, is there a better team? offense to be? In? That's what. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what he was just saying. Yeah. Good point. That's it. Um, all right, let's move on. You know, the one last thing I want to say is Geronimo. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Go watch it. Yes, I needed that reaction. I needed a little stag fire reaction. Go watch Toronto Miles <laughs> and play in Illinois. Please pay for your purchases and get out and come again. Uh, Fuck you, come again. Come again. <laughs> All right, the Los Angeles Rams. I Robert Woods and no one. Yeah. Tavon Austin. So do, the thing with like, do you like? I kind of like a Woods. A Woods are getting woods in like the twelfth round. And he's yeah, wide receiver one. He's gonna get a ton of targets. Yeah, he should get 120, 130 targets at least. I think Woods will have hundred catches if he stays healthy this year. He's an LA guy going back to LA. You know, played at the University of Southern California. He's been a featured wide receiver at USC. We'll see how that works. But they're gonna need to. You know, McVay is gonna need to run a smart scheme for Robert Woods. I do think that quick passing game that Washington run. Fits Robert Woods a lot better than the passing game that he's coming from the vertical passing game oh, yeah. of the Buffalo Bills. So I, I think he that's was already there. He was the Bills' best receiver last year, obviously due to injury to Watkins. But he, he's been a steady guy all the way through. But again, playing not necessarily in an offense that's designed for him. But the other thing is this: when you think about Tavon Austin as the other guy. I want everyone. I'm, I I got off of this wagon <laughs> a year or two ago, a year ago. 
He's not going to all of a sudden be getting, oh, because all these guys are going, he's going to get the lines. He's a gadgety type player. They have to figure out ways. He's going to give you a big game here or there. It's, you're going to be disappointed if you draft this guy. I mean, he was one of the worst players in the league last year on a per-target basis. But could he catch 50 or 60 passes? I mean, he'll have a couple games. Yeah, right, right. That's okay. all. Let's move on. Yeah, let's exactly. go to the next fucking team. Well, before we get to the next team, let's go ahead and uh, listen to this from our sponsors. And that's where you buy dildos. Is that where? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was probably fucking Home Depot. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we talked about their, you know, probably sticking with Sam Bradford as the injury to Teddy Bridgewater could linger for a while. Their receiving core looks like Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Laquan Treadwell. If Laquan Treadwell can ever see the field. Laquan Treadwell had one of the worst rookie seasons pretty much ever by a first-round pick. I can't uh, uh, believe how bad it was. Was he not the was he the first or second wide receiver taken in, in the draft last year? It was so They were all taken so tightly together that it's impossible for yeah, you to remember. It, but but was it, first. it doesn't even matter. The fact is, he performed probably at like wide receiver, the, one of the worst wide receivers of that entire rookie class. Yes. Uh, it, it was, the, and the fact that that with this, what they had at wide receiver there, that you couldn't get on the field, is is speaks volumes either that he's a moron and just can't pick up the playbook, or he's he's it lacks separation exactly as an athlete. And that's the bitter, concerning point. Uh, Adam Thielen um, stepped up when Stephon Diggs Diggs sort of got injured. Mm -hmm. But, like, a third of his fantasy points literally came in one game. (laughs) So, two games. I think half half of a game in two games. Yeah. But he was actually a guy who who was consistently throughout the the years I was uh, for about five, six weeks in a row, was uh, putting up. Uh, good numbers and was on the waiver wire uh, pickups every week. Yeah. You know, because he was like, whether he was not giving them the big game, he was still giving you four catches for, for like 42 yards or something like that and getting like some targets in the red zone. And he was like, was like, wow, he was like starting to become a bigger a factor. So, um, you know, does Latavius Murray coming there do anything for these wide receivers? I, I no. don't know that it does at all. So, I, it's I, all about the offensive line. I mean, Sam Bradford was one of the most, you know, effective passers last year in terms of completion percentage. They got the ball out quick to the wide receivers, which was great. Um, so I'm sort of excited for that going into another season. I, I like Stephon Diggs. You have to pay a high price if you want Diggs. Thielen, you can get it at a much more reasonable rate. Even I though just, they- uh, just to go back to this mock, and sorry, it's just new and fresh on it, but... When Waz took um, Diggs, I thought that was one. Of, at that point, I thought that was the worst pick in the draft. Just too what early. Pick, what round was it? it? I mean, it wasn't that early. But it's just it's, it's fifth or sixth. Stephon fifth. Fifth round. Uh, in MFL ten, Stephon Diggs is. He obviously goes by MFL ten. Yeah. ADP. Stephon Diggs was the number forty-five wide receiver. So he's a fourth-round pick in PPR. He was. Awesome last season, you know Adam Thielen, you know right there up with them. Uh, it, it's just 
I think they're both very similar players, but Adam Thielen... is pissing me right now. Vaz, I love you. I think mm-hmm. we had one of the best drafts. So do some people on Facebook. Adam Thielen... Don't trust that. 10th round. You know, so if, if yeah. you can get similar production from Thielen as you can get from Diggs, you know, great. But a lot of the production from Thielen came when Diggs was out of the lineup. Right? I hear you. Here's the one thing with Thielen, just because he's a white guy, he doesn't get credit for, and I think this is one of the reasons why Jordy Nelson's had such a, a great career. Thielen's 6'3". He's 220. Yeah. This guy's he's, he's not a slot guy. You just think this guy's like going to be some little white. Like you, you, we, just, we just stereotype the Welker. We stereotype the little dude. He's not that. Let me give you a better comp for him. Diggs is a lot more of a slight little guy than a Thielen. Thielen is more kind of like, because again, when you talk about like the way that, they also look at the, the, the catches that he would make. He worked the sideline very well. So it kind of like the combo make of Rashard Matthews. The way that those the, the downfield, yeah. bigger plays, pension to score touchdowns, like, you know, yeah. underrated. Uh, you know, unassuming, and, and then take advantage of it. Another thing I want to look at with him, go, Stags, if you got anything. Thielen actually was kind of a high draft pick. Not like super high. No, Thielen was not. Oh, no, I don't think I'll look at No, that. Thielen was undrafted. Hold on. Or seventh round pick. Hold on. He was. You, you a, got, let's talk about, I got it right here. Uh, Thielen. Un- undrafted. Undrafted. <laughs> he got signed from a tryout. Okay, who is that confusing him with? All right, my bad. I thought he was kind of a, there's another guy that's like him that did, yeah, I thought was undrafted, but actually was like kind of a high pick. My bad. Um, go on 6'2", 195. I mean, Stefan Diggs is, you know, a target monster. When he wasn't injured, he was averaging 10 targets a game. So, yeah. you know, when healthy, if you're going to be back out there getting 10 targets a game, you know, it's hard to pass up in PPR leagues, especially when he's going to catch eight of them. Like, he's got a very high catch rate. Provides a nice floor in PPR leagues. You're just not going to see the touchdowns out of them. So you got to hope that they scheme these touchdowns open for them. Use those sort of bubble passes. Use those quick slants uh, to get them the ball. And if you took away, to do that whole game with Thielen, if you took away um, the games that Diggs played against the Bears from his stat line in fantasy football over the years, I think that it would come down remarkably. I think he's just been able to have huge games against real shitbag defenses, sadly enough. But the good part, but, but if, if, if you're able to do that and that shitbag uh, defense is in your division, you at least get to play them twice every year. I know. Um, all right, anyone else you want to talk about on that squad? No. No. You know who they finally did get rid of, and we didn't talk about him? Um, Charles, Charles Johnson. Johnson. You know where he went? Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. He, could he take could he take Funchess's uh, spot? Listen, no. do, you remember, do, you remember, do you remember us talking about Carolina? Do you remember us bringing up Charles Johnson? No, exactly. No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I told you my short term memory was bad in the last five. Games. He told you Ted Ginn was that bad. <laughs> Ted Ginn did leave. I mean, Charles Johnson's a pretty similar athlete who you know we saw stretch the field uh, for a stretch a in Minnesota. So hey, who knows? That, that's all I got for this Minnesota Vikings team. I know. I know. No. <laughs> Come on. I want Laquan Treadwell to be uh, come worth his, his first-round pick at some point. Who knows? I liked watching him in he's, college. He's Minnesota's David Terrell. Could be. And for all our German listeners out there, Moritz Boringer, it could happen still. All right. New Orleans Saints. Michael Thomas. I'm just going to put it out there right now. 
I think that this guy is going to be is the most overdrafted. Uh, he, I could be eating crow and so wrong with this guy. And if that happens, that happens. But there's just something about this dude that just tells me that where he's getting was he a first? Is he a first? First, or second round pick. First or second round pick? I mean, just the, the early, early forty seventh overall. Ugh. No, no, ADP. Oh, I'm talking about when he was drafted. Michael Thomas yeah, is yeah, the yeah. 12th oh. overall. <laughs> Michael Thomas is the 12th overall pick in ADP. I mean, 12th okay. overall. So, what are your thoughts on that? No. Oof. What are your thoughts on that? No. Starting your team with that, I don't care how good Drew Brees is. I don't care how explosive and how many 5,000 yard seasons. And he is the wide receiver one there, especially yep. Cook's gone. Look it's at the just, year he had last year. It's not the starting point of any team I think is going to win a Super Bowl or win a championship for, for in fantasy football. Here's, 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 I'm going to give you the perfect reason why I'm staying, staying, staying away. And, and he might still have a decent year, but the thing is that everyone's projecting that it's going to go through the roof. Now, he had a great year. 121 targets, 92 catches. Wow. Okay, that's, that's a catch ridiculous rate. catch rate, uh, number one. Nine touchdowns uh, on top of that. But was he ever drawing the number one defensive back in any of the games that he was playing? No way. Now you don't have Brandon Cooks there. So now you're taking away some of that protection. Willie Sneed is not going to be drawn to the number one. This is a different thing. When you have all that success, now again, you have to be, how do you take your game to the next level? Because defenses are now going to plan to take you out of games. As opposed to we're worrying about, you know, Brandon Cooks more. What are we, what are we going to do here? And, and that's why Willie Sneed takes advantage. Or that's why whatever. But now they're going to game plan for you. And in half of the games that he plays, that's... Basically, you're out. You can be. There's so many great corner, uh, shutdown cornerbacks out there, or uh, good enough ones that are better than you know his young, unsavvy, un kind of seasoned game. It, it, it that is such a huge, huge, huge thing. For he was able to just kind of be like, "What up? I'm going up against number two. When you're going up against number one, it's a whole different ballgame. We know that in any sporting event, our dumbasses have done. When you're getting guarded by someone badass in basketball or football, it's a whole different deal than when you're not. But the other thing is, he, he still is uh, playing in his division, and they're uh, not the best defense, and they match up against the NFC North, where. Basically, Minnesota is the best defense that that, that we have to offer. And so. still, but Rhodes, Rhodes will shut that effort down. What do you, let, let's let's talk about him a little bit more. Just I think he's an important guy to talk about because people are so, looking at last year's numbers, and I'm sure he's a career year beware guy. You can't do that with a rookie. That's that's the thing. Rookies can't be on the what. You know what? If you want to have a, a second piece, you can have the yes, sophomore yeah. sophomore slump or 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 sophomore success. <laughs> sophomore su- success or sophomore slump. No, we'll look for we'll look for the, we'll look for a secondary piece. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> here, here's the thing. Damn it! I roped myself in. <laughs> here's what I dislike. Like Drew Brees spreads the ball around. Always has. Always will. You know, we've seen, you know, what, nearly eight, ten seasons of it in New Orleans now. He's never thrown to a player more than 145 times in a season. So there's your cap target share. People projecting this guy as the number six receiver. We've talked about the top five that I think is pretty clear. You know, it's hard for that. Does the touchdown rate fall? 
You know, does the catch rate fall at all? Catch rate might fall. Catch rate will probably fall. Does he score as many touchdowns without Brandon Cooks on the other side? Does he do all – like, the thing he was great at last year was he was breaking tackles and scoring touchdowns. Can he replicate that? We've seen players break touchdowns in small samples, and then, you know, as they get more and more, it, it sort of decreases. So I have some concerns there. I just don't know if the overall target share is going to be enough to support him, and you have to take him at the end of the first round. So let me ask you a question then, because let's, let's kind of go with the comparison, but let, let's take it back to when he was a younger player uh, playing with Drew Brees. Marcus Colston, right? Remember when Colston had that first year that he broke out, and everyone was like drafting him about the same level as where Michael Thomas is getting drafted now. I can't remember what year it was, but it was whatever that, that, that following year. It's like, oh, Marquis Colston, he's going to do even more with Drew Brees six, and all this. Six or seven. And, and, and it didn't happen, you know. And it's like, and Colston was always a solid player, you know, but it was, you know, and I think these guys are different skill sets. I think Thomas has a, a, a chance to maybe become a, a better player, but with that target share. I mean, I just think they're pretty similar players. Like, the way they win in, in football is pretty similar. And after Marcus Colson's sort of breakout second season where he had 143 targets, he's never had more than 131. So, like, 143 targets is, like, his high. Like, that's the highest it's going to go. So now if he can catch 100 passes, you know, on 143 targets and get – 10 touchdowns, he's going to be pretty good. I just don't know, like, you're drafting him in the first round, you really want him to be the wide receiver one, and I'd much rather take a guy like Dez. or yes, a proven you know, background. Yeah, yeah, more proven background, just more upside to me. And I, do you think, I think he's locked in. Do you think, um, you know, to go to some of the, the wide receiver drop-off, and hey, Breeze is, is a machine. I, I, I can't believe he's still able to do it at the level he has, considering that when he came to uh, the Saints in 06, I, he, he had a noodle arm. Do you think that, is there, what point is this guy going to drop off? I mean, is it, is he got, you asked how many more years uh, Brady's got, is, is, there a, is there a possibility that Breeze this season or next season all of a sudden just can't get it done anymore? He's just a little too old. And he's, his, we saw it with Manning. His arm just couldn't do it anymore. He threw too many passes, and his arm was like, "All right, buddy, you had a good run. You've thrown too many passes." It, do you feel? Are you, does that worry you at all when it comes to the no? Just the just because he he works so hard and you know he makes sure to be flexible. He and he's cares a, about more. And he's a placement. He's a he's a, he's behind over the behind the shoulder passer where he's. He pinpoints an area. He's never been like a dark guy or a great. He's always been like a location guy, and they, they, I don't know. I just there's got to be one point where it's like Breeze gets drafted high, and all his wide receivers are there, and just all his, and it hasn't happened yet. Where just all of a sudden it's just like, all right, Breeze had 3,500 yards. He was injured. He was hurt. I don't want it to happen because I love the guy, but at some point it's got it. Let's yeah. go to let's go to Willie at the. Uh, I like Willie Sneed. I like Willie Sneed a lot more at his ADP. If I want my access to the New Orleans game, it's more likely to come through Willie Sneed than it is through Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. The only thing you know, he could catch you know similar touch, uh, get similar targets and similar sort of uh, catches to Michael Thomas. 
I just don't think he'll be in the same realm of touchdowns. He hasn't shown to be a huge touchdown scorer over the last couple of years. Could that increase a little bit? Sure. But he's just not as dynamic. He, he's, he's very good. He just doesn't have you know, a lot of dynamicism to his game. Ted Ginn brings the stretch element that Brandon Cook's left with and is probably going to be pretty good at it. I think he could score four or five long ones. And at the end of the draft, like I think he went undrafted in our uh, PPR league. But in a standard league, there's a lot crappier dart throws you can have at the end than Ted Ginn with Drew Brees. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, Sneed, does he, does he, is he able to just really capitalize on the loss of, of Cooks? Does he get the uptick there? Or do you think that's just replaced a little bit between the three of them? No, uh, I think the targets get spread out everywhere. Like yeah. that's Drew Brees' mo. That's it. And you're you're finally like in a, a fleener, so hopefully. Uh, well, because- Malvick. Yes, I'm sorry, I do not speak English. Okay. But you were just talking. Yes, yes, hot dog, hot dog. Yes, sir. No, sir. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> The thing with Kobe Fleener, why I'm liking him is that, as I said, I drafted him as a backup tight end. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's that's the nice thing. If you can get him as a backup tight end, the upside there is is still ridiculous. We know what, what tight ends have done previously with Ben Watson and the like uh, before that. But We'll make sure to talk about him when you're not here. We're at right, your, your, your business meeting. Yes, indeed. So we move on to uh, yes. the We're New York... Football Giants. New York Football Giants. Well, that's becoming probably and another another guy that we're going to have a, a lot of arguments about. Uh, I'm sure we'll lead it off. But before we get there, let me pop this and say this: Valverde. Now, why let's be reasonable. We can resolve our differences peacefully. All right, Brandon Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, excuse you, this team starts with Odell Beckham and Adam Oh, Odell but Beckham. I was going for the controversial one is what I was going for. We, we all start, believe. No, yeah, we know, we'll, we'll go to ODB. We'll go to ODB. We know ODB is, is a top three, one, whichever three. way you want to slice it. Well, okay. we'll go. Let's talk about Marshall, honestly. I think we all like a Marshall in a year one every every time. I like that about him in this case for sure. I think Eli, Eli needed a guy like – could have used a guy like Marshall last year. Still, don't want anything to do with him just because I kind of hate him. But where do you think for for you? And I'll let you go first, and then Stag Party fantasy football, just like comparing maybe to Marshall of years past yeah. across all his eighteen teams that he's played for. Um, yeah. Where where do you think he's going to do for Brandon Marshall compared to Brandon Marshall this year? Well, this is a different type of first year because let's be honest every other time where he's either gone from Denver to Miami Miami to Chicago Chicago to the Jets he's been the best wide receiver on the field so he's been the, the ace number one and he got like the ridiculous amount of target share and that's why you saw the huge amount of numbers now the other thing is though with the New York Giants uh, they don't have much they, they realize that you know what? We, we, we like what we have in um, Sterling, uh, Sterling, Shepherd. Sterling Shepherd. And, you know, but he's still developing. So but, glad I didn't say Sterling Sharp. Right. And they, <laughs> but they want, they want to be able to still have a think that they have a chance to contend for something this year. And the other thing that I look at is this. I'm a Paul Perkins fan, right? 
A big reason yeah, why well, I would be. You're the, you're the. I'm the. I'm the only you're one. The chair. Yeah, I'm the, I'm, I'm the chair. I'm, I'm the all the shareholders. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm in a boardroom by myself. Um, but the reason is, is that you have. He's one of the best, as we talked about, best blocking wide receivers, and he'll do all that work for it. But the other thing is, what's a benefit for Marshall? Perkins is not a guy that's going to get 250 carries. He's he's not that type of a running back. So they're going to have to use the passing game a lot, and that's. And, and the best part is, for the first time where Marshall's always put up these numbers as the ace number one, Odell Beckham's the guy that's going to draw the double coverage. Marshall's never had the opportunity to be like, really? <laughs> well, he did He did with Alshon two years ago. A little bit, but it, you know, he's, had, he's played with good wide receivers. Let's, let's not, three, let's years, not, three years ago now. Yeah, let's not cut down Eric Decker as a wide receiver either, the, yeah. the, the two of them. He, yeah, he helped, he helped him a lot in this first But year. Decker was always benefiting from Marshall getting the, that extra no coverage. Doubt. Now, he will be the guy that benefits on the other side. Now, does Marshall, I'll finish it up on this. Is Marshall going to be a 110 reception guy? No, but can, Marshall easily has 85 to 90 catches. And he's giving you 1,100 yards and probably seven touchdowns. I'm, I'm happy Go. with that. Go. On how many targets? Um, what did I say? 80, it's about 140 targets. How do you think he's getting targets. 140 targets with the pieces currently constructed? Because they're not going to be able to run. Uh, uh, they're going to sign Blount or uh, Adrian Peterson. Well, we'll see if that happens. You know, but oh, until that happens right now, Paul don't. Perkins is the guy, and they're going to have a Perkins the- and Vereen, and they're going to have a, a it's going to be a more wide open offense, and you have the weapons to do it because you have two dynamic wide receivers that they haven't had since you before know. Before I let Stags go and rain on your parade, we're I, I I I I agree with you. I don't think it's going to. I think he can have 80 catches. I don't know about how many targets. Maybe it's a little less, but I think he's going to be able to do a lot with a little. I think he's going to be able to score touchdowns. I think he's going to be able to have some nice games. He's going to have a guy with he's going to shove down. He's going to run twenty. We more talk about running backs all the time, who sometimes can be better by having less opportunities. I think that 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 um, that, that Marshall falls in that category because everyone's so scared shitless of OBJ, and he's the most scared shitless. There's not a more, and this includes Julio. In my opinion, I'd say. I'd say ODB is is the most fearing, God-fearing player in the league. But a defense coming in, just that guy is too explosive. Go for it. I just don't see how you can carve out that many targets from Brandon Marshall. Well, don't worry about targets. He's, no. Let's go, go on the catches. He said he said he But tar- have targets are dependent on catches. But that's fine. Do you think he can have 80 catches? No. Okay, so how many catches do you think he has? 60. Okay. Basically, I think he has like 60 catches for 900 yards and seven touchdowns, and great. That's a wide receiver, maybe three, maybe four, depending on the current landscape of the NFL. Uh, basically, so how many targets are you saying he's going to get? Like 95 to 100. So Sterling Shepard last year had 105. Yes. And you're telling me that they bring Sterling Brandon Shepard's Marshall not going to go anywhere. He's not going. He's not disappearing. I know he's not disappearing, but you're not. Who, ta- who's he's getting slotted back? I'm telling you, his targets are going down. He's not getting 105 this year. He's going to get 80 to 85. Marshall's getting over 100 targets. You don't bring him in here and not give him 100 targets. Sure, you bring him in. Because if you give him 80 targets, he's going to blow up your goddamn locker room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's not. That's true. I don't worry about him blowing up my locker room. I would. I mean, if I'm a giant, if like you, that'd be dumb. If you were a salesman at CDW, like their head coach, you'd probably be a little worried about it. Okay. 
They run average number of plays. They, they're slightly higher than average pass split. They're adding a running back in the draft or through free agency. Paul Perkins will not be their number one running back. Uh, Shane Vereen, they're going to throw to the running back 20% of the time, just like they always do. They're going to throw to the tight end 20% of the time, just like they always do. The percentages don't change, no matter who is on the team. ODB is getting a 30% market share, which leaves, you know, 27 to 35% of the targets remaining for Sterling Shepard and Breda Marshall to split up. I think Breda Marshall is going to pull a, uh, I almost said Marlena Bobbitt, um, a uh, Nancy Kerrigan uh, move. Uh, <laughs> Trip <laughs> fucking Sterling Shepard. They're going to be hanging out like on a boat or something with train Oops. songs. Like, kink. Like broken ribs, ahoy! You can't swim. Uh, hold on, he's, he's got to figure out a way to get those targets. I mean, you also got to remember Brandon Marshall uh, still here in New York, still going to be doing the was it no, Showtime? No, he's not. He's not doing Showtime no. this year. He's, he's not, not doing any of the NFL things. Oh. But Brandon Marshall not by his own choice. Yes, but I like what he said here in New York. I'm looking. I'm not looking at the New York skyline. <laughs> He's still here in New York. I, I love that I can look through your television and have the skyline in my back and uh, see nice. Also, Brandon Marshall looked done last year. He had no juice. He caught 60 of 130 targets. Like, his legs Lewis, just didn't look there. He was thrown in the ball. But he was also. Eli Manning looked like trash last yeah, year. He was terrible, too. Yeah. Here's one thing that I'll say. He also looked like he was basically getting hurt on every fucking exactly. play. Playing through injury, like going to that going to the locker room, then coming back and toughing it out. It's like he's getting older. This guy's got a lot of wear and tear on him. Not from playoff games, but <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I think it's gonna be exciting to watch. I'm not really a Giants fan. I hate Brandon Marshall. I think that he had a great opportunity to really do something great with the Chicago Bears, and he didn't give a fuck about that. So he's on his set. Second team since then, um, but I do think he can be fantasy relevant. What what round did I, what round did I draft? I think he got fifth. the fifth. Fifth, great. I think that was the first early fifth. I thought that was an early, I thought that was a bit early, but when you look at that round, who did I take up in front of? Exactly, Tate, uh, Diggs, Deshaun oh, Jackson, and, and Decker. So I, I think he's better than those guys, to be honest. So it, it just goes to show there's like. And I looked at Martavis and I think with Martavis was suspension or. No, I, I, I want to take just upside on Martavis, even if he's suspended, it's a fifth round pick. But that what can be, I'm taking Martavis yeah. in the fifth round over a, over a Marshall any day of the week. Do you feel that? Like? Yeah, I, I'm just overly concerned. Like, he doesn't see enough targets. Like, I still think Sterling Shepard is going to be very involved. I don't think... I hope so. I think I still... Like, he's their slot receiver. He's not moving out of their slot. They ran 94% of their plays out of the slot last season. How many targets How did you have last year? Victor 72. Cruz, gone. So remember, Victor Cruz. Re- remove that Victor Cruz element, and there's a share factor between them. I, 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 I hope that Shepard, just because Brandon Marshall signed, I hope they're not always... Because Shepard's a good player. No, Shepard's the future. Marshall's 33 years old. You're not... This is a one-year thing. They're trying to make a, a push because... they. Why do you bring in Marshall? Because 
they want Shepard to be that that other you don't that want other beast, but, you, but he's not there yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I understand. I agree with that. I agree with that one hundred percent. But because Shepard's not ready to assume that role yet, so yeah. give him one more year. Bring Marshall in right now. He's the bridge, and you and you, now you have a, a a deeper depth, and you're giving Eli every chance to say, "Let's make a run." So you I think like he it. has one hundred and twenty to one hundred and thirty targets? Just he says he's got eighty, 80 catches. catches. Stick with the that, catches. That's what you need. That's what you need to get eighty catches. Well, 80. I'm not betting you. I'm not, I'm not betting you either way. But I'm not. I'm not. He making, must, I'm, I'm, he's I'm gonna have eighty catches. catches. He's gonna have eighty catches. Um, I love you guys. You guys are the greatest. Um, all right, let's go to the next squad, and it's gonna be the Philadelphia Eagles. Alshon is bet on himself. Seems like he's had to. Actually, he got the he got the franchise tag what two years in a row. He has no, 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 just one. Just one. Okay. That, they wouldn't but give he it. He bet some... on himself on a one year. I guess the Bears offered him more, and the the Vikings offered him more. So he's got high hopes for himself. He's already claiming he's the number one. If Eagles Jordan Matthews is saying I'm still the number one. I like a Wentz. What happens here? Well, I, I think one of the things that's uh, that's important is. Uh, I Jordan Matthews, I think, benefits the most from having Alshon be there because Jordan just was not a guy that seemed to be able to, to truly flourish as that number one wide receiver, and I think he needed somebody else to work off of, and so I think that that's going to be the benefit there. And I think for Alshon, you, you have to like it in, in any sense because he has to perform. If he wants to get paid, he better perform because if he miss, puts up a dog shit year... He should have taken the contracts that he was offered in this offseason. Yeah, I mean, sure. The problem is I just don't think he signed with a good team. Like, Carson Wentz is a guy who doesn't attack the field vertically, who's going to play a dink and dunk style. Uh, It's just a lot, a lot of questions that don't have enough answers for me. Um, And the target share for Alshon Jeffrey isn't going to be what it could have been in Chicago. Uh, I don't think so. I, there's just so many targets to go around in Philadelphia, and it, it should be a run-first offense. And, and that just sort of scares me about what they're going to do with Carson Wentz and how they're going to let him off the leash or not. And they're going to throw to their running backs. Yeah, this is like another Randy Reid team. They're going to throw a lot to Zach Ertz. They're yeah. going to throw a little bit to Torrey Smith and Jordy, Jordan Matthews. Like, So what is Alshon Jeffrey's target share? Now, I'll agree that I'd probably rather draft Brandon Marshall over Alshon Jeffrey. Okay, well, here you go. That is insane because Alshon Jeffrey's going a lot, a lot higher. A lot higher, higher yeah. Uh, but I just don't know about Jeffrey this Al- year. Uh, yeah. He's currently going in the middle of the third round. That is way too rich for my blood. Um, Have you ever owned Alshon Jeffrey? Yes. Okay, I've never owned Alshon Jeffrey. So, um, the, the, the thing for me is that I don't want him this year either because I don't think that he's really going to benefit from Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz benefits more from having Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but I like Wentz. I'm high on Wentz this year. This How? Time, but here's, but here's not, my that, question not, though. But here's, not, here's not, my, not even top twelve quarterback. Stan brought up the great high, point. I think he's going to be a good. I think he's going to be a good fantasy facilitator. But let me answer because Stan brought up a good point. This is basically kind of like an Andy Reid rebirth. Of what Doug Peterson is doing here. Now, my question is, is Wentz the type of guy that is like, I want to be a, a down-the-field thrower. I want to go for the big play type of guy where he's going to say, because, I mean, last year he did nothing, right? It, it was like, they showed you a little bit in the beginning, and then it was just, 
We just bye, reeled everything in. So bye, bye. I do believe that they're going to open up the offense more for Carson Wentz. How much more, I think, is going to be dependent on if Carson's going to say, screw this crap, let's take a shot, you know, and be like, like Ben Roethlisberger. What was, do they have to know? lose? What do they have to lose? No, but what it is is like, is he going to be like a Jim McMahon where – uh, Dicka calls into play, and, and McMahon goes, "Fuck you, Dicka! I'm gonna call my own play." <laughs> is Carson gonna at one point like see something and go, "Elshon, go!" And then they hit and be like, "I'm sorry, you know what?" I think he's gonna have the ability to do so, but I think it's it's it it, it depends on what happens at the running back position. Right now, it's Ryan and Sproles. That this is another team that could have McCaffrey. That happens. It's ridiculous. Could be the next Westbrook. But I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna let it off. This is their, their guy for the next ten to fifteen years. Yeah, that would be I a think, perfect spot for McCaffrey. I think. There's so many of them. There's so many. Yeah, they are. Colts, He's a great player. He's a great player. The Colts, the Eagles. There's so many great situations for him, and great teams that could just use what he's doing. Giants. Um, sure. Why not? Yeah, uh, there's so many that it's like I, I read a tweet the other day, uh, or this morning, that was just like. Literally, unless the stupidest team in the league takes McCaffrey, he's going to have an amazing season and be a great player. And he's going to be very fantasy relevant next year, I think. Regardless, let's, let's go back to this. Jordan, Jordan Matthews. Yeah, Jordan Matthews. I, I like Jordan Matthews. He's going a lot later, the 7th, 8th round. You're getting him at like wide receiver 40, 35 type of range. And he showed more that when Deshaun Jackson... Uh, was there, and right. he didn't have to be relied upon to be the number one guy. He could have good seasons. I just don't think he's going to see a, a biggest slice of the pie, and the overall offense is going to be as fast as when it was under Chip Kelly, no doubt. Like, it's not going to, there's not going to be that many plays run to where he can see 120 targets as the number two receiver. If Alshon's seeing 120, Jordan Matthews is seeing 100, because we know Zach Ertz is still going to see 100 to 120. Yeah. That's my problem with it, is there's a lot of these guys claiming for the number one spot, and that's the reason I'm not going after Jeffrey first. Right. And also, it isn't Jordan Matthews. He kind of is what he is. I mean, yeah. I, don't try to make him. He did all that in that Chip Kelly offense when it was gimmicky this and, and fast moving and whatever. I think what you've seen the last couple of years is that he's not taking that next step. So he's just kind of going to be one of those guys that's. Another guy, I think he benefits greatly, though, from just not having to be the guy. We, we, that's definitely clear. He is not a number one. He needs to be a number two or a high number three on a, on a high-powered offense. Torrey Smith. The I like his ability just to get deep. I think it, I like it more for the offense than I do for his ability. How often are they going to go deep? That's going to be the question. I think he's got. I think he's got an okay deep ball. Hopefully, you you, you like better Tory Smith now as, as opposed to, to San Francisco. Yeah, a hundred percent. No, because I thought he could get targets yeah, in San Francisco. Wide receiver too. Yeah, there. I, yeah, that's why. I'll, I'll say this. Like but. in San Francisco, they just somehow didn't give him targets. So like it was unexplainable. None of his other stats changed on a per catch basis. He had like one good play all year, and that was the game winner against the Bears. He got duped. In, who told him to sign there? Wasn't it? Wasn't it Bolden told him to sign there? Then Bolden uh, was with them for one year and then left and went to Detroit. No one has wanted. He got money. He no got one money. has wanted Tory Smith for a while. 
He got lucky as hell. He made a lot of money in San Francisco. He walks up to the mirror. I just don't he think... walks up to the mirror and says, go away! Yes. I don't trust Carson Wentz's deep ball. I mean, I don't think he's very good. I think he's a dink and dunk quarterback. He doesn't like going deep. Now, if we didn't that's see because... him go deep, but who did he have to throw deep to last year? Well, you don't think he's going to be a good quarterback? I think he's going to be. I think it'll be a fine game manager. I don't know what you want from me. No, I'm just asking. <laughs> I want your opinion. Okay. I mean, I, be, I, I, I don't want be a you fine to game manager. I, I don't want you to think what I think. I think I think he can be. Uh, is he going to be a, a top five ever quarterback? No, but I think he can be a top ten quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I like. I'm excited to see what he a can real do. life for fantasy. Fantasy. Okay. Okay, no, excited. Um, Doriel Green back. I'm no. just kidding. Nelson, <laughs> I, just kidding. <laughs> Ness, All right. Nelson cut. Um, we are going to move on to the next team, and that's going to be the San Francisco 49ers. But before we do so, this will be our last ad segment of this podcast. Give us a listen. Give it up. The Niners... Hooking it. Uh, Hooking it? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> They're out I live, the street. Hooking it. I lived in San Francisco for six years. <laughs> I'm not going to deny a couple Hook Scout missions. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, then. I was young. No, but wonder what mischief you'll get into next. Oh, you guys don't even know. Um, good times. So, Pierre Garçon. He's definitely their number one wide receiver. Uh, like Bruce Ellington, you know, Jeremy Curley, these guys are slot receivers. It's going to be interesting to see how they work into uh, Shanahan's system. I, I like Garcon for a little bit because he's, he's the number one wide receiver on a team that's likely to target him, you know, heavily. Um, they're likely to target him heavily. Uh, other guys, not much challenge around him. He's been in the Shanahan system before. It's going to be a lot of two tight end sets. Brian Hoyer can you know get the ball out to these guys. You Are you know, talking about Carson? Yeah, don't, he's the only one I like. That's about it. Don't you gotta? I mean, you guys know that I've hired him. I I've liked him probably for for too long. But don't you gotta love this guy with the Shanahan? His best career season ever was Shanahan. The fact that Hoyer, I like, I like the as, Hoyer anno- as annoying as Hoyer is, and he's leaving us, and we're probably like good riddance. From a fantasy perspective, on, on like uh, what he can do for wide receivers, like he is going to drop back and essentially be like locking in yes. on Garcon like a madman. The thing is, Garcon has to play the right side of the formation because Brian Hoyer won't look the other way. <laughs> Ask Alshon. <Jeffrey. laughs> like it was. Bad. So is that where, is that where uh, Nuke lined up when he was playing with him? Yeah. Because you know that's the thing. I I, I think so. I think Hoyer is a, is a is a big benefit. I mean he's he's he goes the Bears Cutler is there for how many years? Can't throw a four hundred yard game. First game that Hoyer comes in throws for like four hundred yards. So even if he goes down, Barkley was throwing up big numbers. But I think we all know that they're gonna have, they're gonna draft. Uh, a quarterback. I don't know. If, I hope it's not with that second pick, but they're taking. I hope it is. And I, and I, and I, and I, I don't want that. Actually, Usually, I'm all for that, but I like the 49ers. Like Trevinsky, I'm not sold on this guy. Trubisky is an interesting prospect. If you want Just chaos, thrown it. If you want chaos at the draft, right? Then you want that quarterback to go number two because if if quarterback waits, 
Then actually, it's almost anti as a Bear fan. As a Bear fan, I should want the 49ers to not take a quarterback so that the Bears can either. No, you want to see because we don't want that with the third pick. That no, no, but because if you take it with the with the second pick, it then starts the chain reaction of teams that need quarterbacks starting to go earlier oh. after them, oh, where the Bears yeah. don't have as good like of a chance one. to move up if they want to. Yeah, yeah. So okay. you can grab that safety or cornerback or trade down and, and still you know get like a uh, you know to the to get two. Picks. I've been watching a lot of the Gruden stuff. Gruden is, is saying the same thing. Not that I, I'm saying the same thing. Gruden's saying he's like Travinsky, great town, got it all. He's like, I just haven't seen enough. I'm shocked that he's moving up. He's still not my number one guy. Um, regardless, they're gonna they're gonna grab a quarterback this draft, wherever that may be. There's. I think there's five or six good guys within that first round and a half that they can do. Hopefully they figure that out. But Mark, right now you look at it, it's basically Garcon, who I think is going to be a target machine. I think you're, he's going to potentially have 100 and um, he, he potentially going to have 100 catches, a uh, ton of targets. I'm, he's my guy. This year, Garcon is the guy I'm going in with. He'll be on every one of my teams. He'll be a value pick. People are scared of the 49ers. No one's ever liked this guy. And you're it's Value City, and at the end of it, he's going to be a great wide receiver three that's going to be able to give you wide receiver two numbers. I think that's potentially in his range of outcomes. Uh, I also think, you know, Jeremy Curley got very involved last season with Chip Kelly. Can he keep it going? Bruce Ellington got very involved. Uh, Bruce Ellington, you know, he could be an interesting player coming back from injury. Uh, you know, a lot of people expected a lot out of him last year as maybe the slot receiver in Chip Kelly's offense, and he got hurt, you know, early, early in training camp. So, Bruce Ellington, you know, he's got some upside maybe, but we haven't seen much out of him. This is another team I can see trying to add at least a playmaker in the draft. But, yeah, 49ers are behind Pierre Garçon. There's not much to look forward to. But I think at least Brian Hoyer and Brian Hoyer and Kyle Shanahan bring some semblance of respectability. The only other thing, other thing I have to say about San Francisco is Bell Verde, and see you in three weeks. Oh my! It is agreed. Regular people can park in handicapped spaces if they're just running in to buy smokes or maybe some pop tarts for tomorrow. The system works. <laughs> pop tarts. I love cigarettes. Um, <laughs> Goodwin on this team replacing. Eh, what a, what a We're shit, done. What a shit sandwich. Okay, uh, let's go over to the Seattle Seahawks. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. I think it's all Doug Baldwin. I mean, talking about Tyler Lockett quit. He's being drafted as the 40th wide receiver off the board. Crazy. Well, I Crazy. won't draft him there at all. Uh, he's coming back from what? He broke his fucking leg and it looked awful. Yeah. It was one of the Ink, most great. Broken like like a simple fracture ankle breakage. Is yeah, like it looks so bad. Like I'm going to need to see him come back and play well and be more than just sort of a special teamer before I spend you know, a sort of high wide receiver pick on him. Can Paul Richardson be the crazy catch guy that he was toward the end of the year? I mean, look, if Locke is not going to be able to be out there and necessarily be as effective, I think they definitely need to add to their wide receiving core as well. Um, but Richardson at least gave you some flashes of some of these bigger plays that they were that they've been dying to get because you know. But I, I, I agree though with what Stax is. Otherwise, this is basically the Doug Baldwin show. They need they need to add something. 
for such a team that should be uh, so high up there and is one of the top end teams in the league, I mean, this is just an unacceptable receiving core. Doug Baldwin, sick, uh, but again, that's another guy. He's going late second round, early third round, kind of, uh, I guess I like it, but I'm not fired up about it. You know, remember a year ago you were able to get a, 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 an Evans or something in that in that late to to are you ex- nearly as excited about no, Doug Baldwin in that same spot? Okay, again? and I drafted him in our mock, right? And that was the in the third round it was Demarius Thomas and Doug Baldwin back to back. And I've never owned Doug Baldwin since I've since he's been in the league uh, in any of my leagues. So, but I look at him and it's always because I just never. You know, I'm like I don't I don't see him being this or that. And he's a steady producer. He's just going to give you numbers, and it's he'll give you a, a, a flash of a, of a game or two here or there. But his floor is very high, and you know, especially with the fact that there's nothing else around him except for the biggest threat you can probably make a, a case for is probably Jimmy Graham for sure. Uh, so if that's the case, and then you bring in Eddie Lacy. Uh, you're not really bringing in, and you have Thomas Rawls. C.J. Proseis is the only running back that's going to be catching balls out of that backfield. So, I, I, I'm, I, it's not flashy. It doesn't look great, but it's one of those ones that it's like, God damn it, Doug Ball would kick my ass this week. He's, pr- but he's productive. Yeah, he's productive as fuck. Yeah, and playoffs, he was very productive. You know, 80 and 104 yards, both games with touchdowns. Uh, he's shown to be an excellent touchdown guy, despite you know standing just five ten. They they run those little pick patterns and quick screens and uh, you know slant routes right off the bat and try to get him the ball. And he typically scores. Uh, again, we don't think he's going to score fourteen touchdowns, but could he be in the seventeen or the seven to eight range? Seventeen. Woo! Woo! That escalated quickly. Yeah, I absolutely think so. And then Jermaine Kirst was one of the worst receivers in the league last year, so I do like the Paul Richardson sort of call, especially if Tyler Lockett misses any time. Paul Richardson's a guy who I think you know has some upside, and he was you know a fairly high what second round pick, yeah, yeah. Um, to where I think he could make an impact, sort of like we saw down the stretch. I, I think what's interesting with Richardson and, and, and why Baldwin's also been successful is because one of the things that's great uh, as a receiver for Seattle is that. Russell Wilson can extend plays, and Doug Baldwin understands how to react to that. And I think that what we saw with Paul Richardson and his ability to make some of these circus catches, and so he's able to. And if he can get better at reading those situations, it'll only benefit as well. I think he's got to be having a lot of confidence that finally, in the second half of last season, he was a part of the situation. He was making some great plays, I mean, impactful he had some, he had plays, some, and yeah. had some highlight reel film, uh, plays. Where I think hopefully this offseason he's been working on his craft a little harder, realizing, wow, I'm a part of this thing, as opposed to his first two, three years in the league. It's like, holy shit, I'm a bust. Everyone's getting an opportunity but me. So and, and injured. Yeah, he's, he's injured. and he's My joke with him is, like, I could beat him in arm wrestling. He's a professional athlete. He is a slight mofo. Uh, so I think you got to be hoping that and feeling okay about Richardson this year. Stags, you've been saying it about probably half the teams. Is this a is this a team that's gonna add some uh, some wide receiver action in, in the draft? Do they even have picks to do so? I mean, they'll have plenty, but they're not gonna add the top guy. They're right. gonna add another secondary. T- like they don't seem interested in paying a wide receiver. So, God, I mean, Wilson's young. Why not give this guy? 
like a, a, a playmaker. I like I like Doug Baldwin, but well, you wanted you wanted you wanted you wanted a title with, with with him uh, and with having the the battering ram of Lynch. Uh, they looking at it. They okay, so they bring over Eddie Lacy. Uh, they gave him a weapon in, in Jimmy Graham. We'll wait and see really how much that develops. But no, they're just looks pretty good so far. They're not. They're not looking to. That's where they spent their money. They're not. They're not going to put it into the. They didn't find a wide receiver. They didn't. They didn't want Alshon Jeffrey. They could have paid to get him to come for a year. They don't want to pay for their offensive line. They don't want to pay for the receiving core. They, I, I think right? they'll start paying up on the offensive that's line. That's what they got. And pay. that's why you won't see a highly selected receiver. All right. Uh, all right, let's move on. Devin Hester, later. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Evans, obviously just stud number, one of the biggest, best value picks from last year. Going to the first round this year, no question about it. They had Deshaun Jackson. What do you think? Let's just talk about Deshaun Jackson. What do you think that does for... I want to talk Mike Evans. You do? Let's, well, let's talk Mike but, Evans but, and then we can but, get... But what, is Mike, what does Deshaun Jackson do for Mike Evans? Um, and what? And then what does he do for the team? So, I, I, Your look, boy, Winston. Well, and my boy Deshaun Jackson from, from, yeah. from back in the day. Uh, called You're that, such a slut. I called that... I, I know. And, and T.Y. Hilton. Uh, <laughs> but I called that, that Deshaun year, remember, a couple years ago when it was the breakout. I think it was the first Chip Kelly year or whatever. I think this is another big breakout year for Deshaun. I think that it's sneaky. It's a great pick, too, especially if you're in these long touchdown leagues or if you're in... You're talking about bonus-type situations. Look how many long routes they had um, uh, uh, Evans running last year. And with everybody guarding him in the double coverage, he didn't do very well. He was not catching those deep down-the-field plays, you, you know. And he doesn't have that type of separation. The one thing that Deshaun Jackson does better than anybody else since he's come into the league is catch the long pass. And Winston, we know, has got an arm that can throw the goddamn ball where it needs to be down there for him. I think what happens is Evans is still going to get that majority of attention. Deshaun benefits greatly. He's going to be able to, to have some big games. But I think it's also going to put Evans back into what he should be. He should be like that Larry Fitzgerald guy. He's not the guy that you want to be sending down running 50-yard routes. He's the guy you want to be running 15 to 25-yard routes, get him the ball and let him use his big body and, and do what he does, just keep moving down the field. I agree, and I think it's a great compliment to have Deshaun Jackson, but I love when I'm seeing Evans, because that's the surprise. The surprise is the D-back who's like, oh, he's about to cut it off. He's about to do it out. He's about to do a move. And then all of a sudden, this big friggin' 6'5", enormous beast, throws on the burners, and you're like, oh, fuck. This toast. guy, toast. It's, it's unexpected. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why I don't think Deshaun Jackson signing takes away from that. I think it's almost better where Deshaun's able to come back and draw a safety and then, over and, and, still, and give, and give Evans more of a, of a, of a free Evans does that deep route, it's like nothing else because you just aren't used it's like this guy can't, oh fuck, this guy's that fast that big and it's just gone because he can do all the other routes mm -hmm. like it's the last, it's almost like that last line of defense of his repertoire so that when he does it it's such a surprise that it's just like so open but I, should either of them, they should both pretty much complement each other, right? Because they're completely different receivers. For sure. Oh, yeah, they, they both complement each other. Move. But the thing is, this offense changed. We talked about this a lot. They slowed it down. And once they slowed it down, Mike Evans' targets decreased. So 
You know, while he was the number one overall receiver in targets on the year, a lot of those came during the first part of the season where he had, what, nine straight games with double-digit uh, <laughs> targets. And then, you know, down the stretch in the final eight games, he had just three. You know, so it came down. Yep. And he hurt, he hurt okay. people at the end of last season. Re- remember when DeAndre Hopkins was best two years ago? He was best when the team was trailing right. and they were bad and they had to throw it a lot. It was sort of similar with Mike Evans. There's a lot of parallels. You look at Yak the last two years. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, one of the worst. Mike Evans, arguably just as bad. He was the worst player in, in yards after uh, catch last season. Was he? Yes. So, <laughs> the big uh, yards after per, yards after catch per catch. So he's one of the worst guys running after because of the routes he runs. Mm-hmm. So that's what's concerning is if any of that sort of changes and if he doesn't get as many targets, how does he sort of keep it going? Uh, and especially if they're taking away those vertical pass yards to give them to Deshaun Jackson. Can I ask you, though, could it go back to kind of what with, with DeAndre um, and, and, and his quarterbacks? I love Winston, but... Wasn't he kind of just like he would load the ball up? He'd give it. He would just kind of load, and Evans would have to go get it. And when you catch a ball and you're kind of stopped, you're not gonna like get any yard after the catch. Yeah, but now if they're doing that, well, if they're giving the long balls to Deshaun, why is he gonna get those? No, I agree. I'm just saying. I think that his yard after the catch. For Evans, and I'm not sticking up for him or anything. I feel like it's all, it's some of the no, it all depends on the it's, it, But it's also a little bit of maybe the inaccuracy. They were deep sideline routes a lot of times. Yeah. So when he's yes. catching up, it's, it, it's like no yeah, yeah. It's all routes. Right. Yes. Okay. He actually okay. okay. yell- relative to routes. We're saying the same thing. Okay. But I just don't know. Like, if his target share is not big, and they're not going to send him downfield well, because they have Sean Jackson. What's not big? Is he had 173 targets last year. He had 148 targets the year before. I agree. I think 173 targets is is sky sky of the moon. He's not going to do that this year. But I think it's not going to be as low as 148. I think he falls somewhere in the middle there. Probably closer to 160 is probably where I think he ends I up. Mean, I mean, I can see 148 being the realm. I, 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 I don't know what that is. I, I agree there. You could either could be right, but they need to do something to running back. Again, another guy they're talking about, McCaffrey, I think he'll be gone, but another guy they're t- it doesn't sound like they're interested in Adrian Peterson. But that run, that backfield now, in my opinion, unless all of a sudden Doug Martin's good. After well, he's suspended as well. Suspended. Yeah. But Sims, we've seen what Sims can do. I know he got hurt, but... Like right now, that backfield seems like they're gonna be they're gonna have to throw the friggin' ball. I I don't know because they ran it with you know just a guy fucking Jaquiz Rogers. Uh, they ran I, they I ran with Peyton Barber. Here's one of the like, things you gotta like remember to too, and this is this is what was so one of the reasons why I was uh, when Winston came out, I was such a backer of Jameis Winston when we came out. That, that's Winston when you came, That's when you came out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, where was Barney? That was on the last one. Um, so the thing that w- what was interesting was that when they drafted Winston, they also spent a lot of picks the, that year and the year after drafting offensive line. Yeah. So they've been building this depth on the offensive line. So if you have a good offensive line, you don't necessarily need to have the best running back in the world if you can open up big holes. And the other thing that they were thinking about, and I, I appreciate it, that sure, it, it, they were struggling as rookies, but now... 
he's going to have that type of wall in front of him where when you have a, 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 that wall, then you can throw the deep passes to the Deshaun Jacksons and all the things with Mike Evans. And, and he is a smart dude. And, he, you know, he, yeah, he, he tries to, to, to push it so he makes some mistakes. But, man, he's not like where you're worrying about Carson Wentz. Is he going to unleash it and throw it down the field? You don't have to worry about that with Jameis. He does. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm psyched. I, I'm all in on Evans. I feel like if I'm in the back end of the first round, I'm fired up to grab him. He's moving up and moving up and moving up. I mean, he's right after the top three yeah, receivers no, we keep pick. talking about. He's basically six picks. Six yeah, six or seven pick. He's right after Odell and Julio and Antonio Brown. Mike Evans is the commonly most guys, the most yeah. common guy selected. Over AJ Green, yep. I just have problems. Like, why can't I expect something like a fall off from DeAndre Hopkins, to where you know we've seen his best when his team is trailing and trailing sort of big. Well, but again, I'll lean on the fact that they don't have a strong running game right now, and the fact that Jameis Winston's a better quarterback than Anthony DeAndre Hopkins. Sure, had. but they ran it at a higher has, rate. And he's made a nice jump from year one to year two, and I think Jameis takes an even bigger step up this year. So. Here's what I'll say. I completely agree with Stags, but I still love the upside. I think that... The upside's a mess. I, I think that, wide I think, receiver one. Yeah, I, yeah. Think Evans, I think Evans is... Could let let you down when you draft him at the seventh pick. Seventh pick is but, tough. But, you, tough. but when you're in that position, you're sitting. You're not thinking about the bad. You're thinking about the good. So I think he's 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 he is what he is. He's gonna. You're at the end of the season. He's gonna be one one or two or three. And you're like, this guy's just a stud for years to come. Or you're gonna be like, God damn it. And then he's gonna yeah, be back I mean, to the end of the second early third round next year. Yeah. Oh, it's I mean, his touchdown, we've seen his touchdowns fluctuate in his three years. Even with in year one of Jameis Winston, you know, three touchdown receptions. Uh, you know, can that fall again you know, with Cameron Brake being there, sort of leading red zone receiver like we sort of saw at times last season? There is some things that could go wrong. Like, not everything is perfect for Mike Evans. I agree. The one thing I will say is that with him, the degree of difficulty on catches that, and many of them being touchdowns, he was number one last year. The amount, some of those touchdown catches that he had, where he was perfectly covered, or where they had to drag his feet at the end. I mean, it, 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 it's impressive. It's impressive the way that guy can catch the ball. Anything else to talk about? Adam Humphreys, whatever. He's a little white guy. I know you don't like him. Uh, Josh Hoff, they signed him uh, after he got dumped uh, after a DUI or whatnot. He's kind of elusive. Adam Humphreys was like, okay, like him and, him and Thielen were like close to the, at, at a point in time, but then Thielen showed you that he's actually a real athlete. But, and but Adam, Adam Humphreys, Humphreys is, is my size. Yeah, right, that's what I'm saying. And Humphreys <laughs> is, 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 is more of a guy that he's going to give you kind of like, you know, tough catches and, you know, the gritty player, but he's not going to be a fantasy real value. He's Wes Welker. No, he's like a Light. Tom Waddle. All right, if you yeah. go back. Is there anyone else we're talking about on this one's pre stacks? No, he wants to move on to golf. I'm sorry, I mean to the uh, hey, Washington Redskins. Hey, I get it. It's 4 o'clock. We started at 1030. We, we're, we're giving to our craft. We all want to get out of here. Um, so let's move on to our final team, the Washington Redskins. Okay, here's a fun Ooh. exercise with this team. Yeah. How do you rank the three wide receivers on this team? 
for fantasy purposes. Pryor, Jamison Crowder, Josh Dotson, PPR leagues. What, what, is, it, is it flat out? Is it ADP considered or final fantasy points at the end? Final fantasy points, PPR. Terrell Pryor, Jamison Crowder, Josh Dotson. I like that a lot, but I think it could be Crowder, Pryor, Dots. I goddamn hope you're right because I'm a Crowder owner in my league. So I hope. You're well, I think the PPR action aspect, but Pryor is obviously really good. What about you? What do you? What are you? I'm, I'm the same way as Houdini right now. Like I need to see more from Dotson. And now, if you factor in price, let's leave Dotson out of it. Yeah, fuck it. Same same thing with price factored in. Same I mean, thing. Pryor. I think Pryor paying up for and it's it's you know what I worry again. When we talk about free agents, the free agents that you worry about the most are the wide receivers that have to come in and learn a whole new offense and, and, and have to get the chemistry with that quarterback. Uh, whereas, I'll, I'll tell you that Jamison Crowder had, up until he's kind of slipped about the last four games of the year, but yeah, I he was like, top 10 like the first 11 games or 12 games, he was one of the best wide receivers. He's top top ridiculous numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the one thing I like about both of them. Both of them are in con- looking for their contract. Uh, Pryor didn't sign, kind of like what we were talking about with uh, Alshon, didn't sign with Cleveland. Uh, a nice, I don't know what the, the contract was, but it, it, was, it was a nice million dollar, lot of, multi-year. He's betting on himself. He's going there and he thinks the, the departure of uh, Garcon and of, Jackson. Jackson. That's, that's and a big departure. He's feeling, yeah, that's a huge departure. He's feeling like he can fill that void. Kick, kick ass with Kirk in, in an offensive that doesn't have a backfield at all, um, and he's he bet on himself. Amen to him. But and, I, and Crowder, like you said, in small sampling is good. Doxson, high up, that is first round pick. Yep. He was the first. The after he was the pick after um, Fred uh, no after Coleman. That's he was the first. Guy. It went Coleman, him, Wilfred. Fuller, tre- no, Fuller went ahead of him. Fuller, then Doxon, yes. then Doxon, yeah. then Treadwell. They were all so tightly grouped that I just assumed they were all the same. Yeah, pick. 22, 23, 24, I'm pretty well, sure. And, and who's really developed out of all these guys so far, right? Doxon was out pretty much all of the year. Fuller, Fuller's by far. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it, it's, inter- it's interesting, you know, because health is such a, a major thing. And it's like, is... Because Doxon is, is potential falling into the healthy. same thing that, that, that befell Kevin White's and Rashad Perriman. So, you know, it's like all the talent in the world, but you got to get on the field. Do you guys like where we saw in this mock, and I'm not saying that's where he, where he goes, but I'm pretty sure, and Meatbone, I love, this is what I love about Meatbone, and Meatbone is really fucking good at fantasy football. I'm going to tell you guys that. He goes high on a guy that he loves. He took Terrell Pryor in the third round. I thought that was high. Terrell Pryor goes in the fourth round of the MFL 10s. Average wide receiver 21. So if you believe in it, that's a 10, that's 10 teams? 12 teams. 12 teams, okay. 12 teams, but it's just like you're... $10, yeah. The the thing that if you... So if you use a fourth round guy, and you really want the guy, you have to go that one round up to get him. And Meepo is doing that the whole draft, which is why I like him. He's, He's a ballsy guy. But do you got... Where do you... If you're drafting, where are you feeling comfortable in a 10, let's say 12-man league? Where are you comfortable going in a prior? It really depends on how I'm starting my, my team. If I ended up being like where I had a running back first, and I'm, then I'm into the, the second tier of wide receivers when I'm finally getting to my wide receivers, 
then and if Terrell Pryor has to then be my wide receiver too because I'm taking him there, I probably wouldn't because I want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm going for the highest upside on my wide receiver one, and then I want to make sure I have a solid guy there at number two. You know, I don't know that moving to a new team, new quarterback, the whole thing. I I, I couldn't I couldn't trust to be my second wide receiver. It may be great. He went above. He went before Sammy Watkins. No. No, I take Sammy okay. Watkins. Let's, I'm just going to throw some of these out. Let's just do this quick spot. Went ahead of uh, Keenan Allen. Um, I, I, yes. Yeah, I can, okay. you can make an argument. All right, like it. Uh, went ahead uh, Devontae Adams. I can I can see I can understand it I, I still think yeah I'd probably take Pryor over Adams and that's so close but I agree because the uh, Adams with the touchdown Landry yeah I like him Landry, better than Landry PPR PPR the problem is Landry doesn't score touchdowns I've been the Landry owner since he's been a rookie that's, did you stop just yeah who do you like more Pryor I'll take Pryor this is okay this is a good exercise Benjamin Travis Benjamin yeah Calvin oh. Terrell Pryor Terrell Pryor okay. like it Julian Edelman Terrell Pryor see this Pryor, so this yeah. size. Crabtree, Crabtree, Crabtree. Crabtree. So Crabtree went almost, almost. He went a lot later. Fourteen, than I could, I could fourteen players later. So basically, Sam. we're admitting that prior in the third round where he went, not it, it, it is like he's better than the other guys around him. Not better. We, we like we, we, the we like we like him more than a lot of these other guys. Like Terrell Pryor last year. We look at his numbers. He finished his wide receiver 21. He had 141 targets. Can he have that many targets again? You know, in a better passing offense? I don't know. How many quarterbacks did they have throwing on last year? Three or four. <laughs> Which is all the more yeah. impressive. Yeah, so now he caught 77 passes for 1,007 yards in his first season, you know, as a full time wide receiver. <laughs> Very impressive, but scored just four rushing touchdowns, or four receiving touchdowns. But the other- did add some rushing. You know, sort of upside and rushing touchdowns, which is interesting. But Washington was way better on deep passes. They were the number four team on deep passes. Cleveland was one of the worst. Uh, and then they were number three in short passes. So I, I, I like that as a whole. I think Pryor has a multitude of skill sets where he could do some of the things that Pierre Garçon could do, but could also do some of the things the that Sean Jackson, Jackson yeah. could do. So if they use him in a role where he's both a possession type receiver and the burner down the field, I mean he's a four three eight guy at six foot four. Uh, that's going to be great, and he's also you know at six foot four, he's got more red zone upside than the five eleven and six foot Pierre Garcon. And Before you go, let me say one thing. Awesome points. That was that was impressive. Gadget play too. Ex quarterback. Yeah, right. I got priors. Remember, this guy was uh, for the Raiders. Was a, a starter and winning games. He had a he, he out of the backfield. He had a, what a ninety yard touchdown run. So he's got that element. I would not be surprised to see him get a touchdown pass uh, and get some of these gadgetry and. And Gruden's done that with guys before, here's, like Sanu. Here's yeah. the only problem. Here's, here's the here's the counterpoint to, to to what you're saying there, Stacks. Is is simply that. When he was on Cleveland, he had all the different quarterbacks, but those quarterbacks just peppered him the ball. I mean, the amount of targets that he was getting was was, was through the roof toward a, a certain part of the season. So the other problem is that he's going to now have, to, you know, he's still good in a lot of ways because you did clear away Pierre Garcon and Deshaun Jackson. One there. 
you know, we just we just right, went through right, the extra. No, I know. He's an number one. But you still team. have, but, but you still have Jordan Reed. You still have uh, Jamison Crowder. So you still have guys uh, and Josh Doxson that they're going to get involved. So okay, I got. Yeah. Hold on, one second. Reed or Pryor on his own team. Uh, uh, who would I draft first? Reed. Yeah. And who do you think Scott I would I scores? Uh, I, 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 I draft Pryor just, before Reed because Reed with his injury issues too. The only reason why I like Reed is because he's at a position where you only have one of them. And then yeah, when you draft Reed, you kind of don't have to worry about it for a long time. Not that you don't because he gets hurt. I'm going Reed, but I, it's close enough where last I mean, year... Last if, year, If you wipe was, out position... Who scores more fantasy points? Is it Pryor for sure, or is it Reed? Well, in my league, it's probably, it could be Reed because tight ends actually start scoring points before. Well, it's only... No, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm going to say Terrell Pryor scoring more points. Here's why. It's Pryor because he's going to play 16 games, and Reed's not. But the offense, and they set it in the last Points per weeks. game. Oh, you're talking points uh, How about per points per game, then? Well, the, the offense runs through Reed, so you got to like that aspect. I'll, I'll tell you that Reed probably has week. higher points per game only again because Pryor has to learn this new offense. And I think See, Reed yeah. was underutilized last year. Yeah, it's because he was fucking concussed. I, whatever it was, he was underutilized from two years ago. It's like everything was Reed. You're like, this guy's the greatest. He might even be the number one over Gronk. Last year, the, the, there, was so much of, there was so much of a talent bank that it didn't really run through them like Yeah, that. exactly. But now if there's more talent with Pryor and no, Dotson, I think it's less. I think it's less. Jameson Crowder. I think it's more talent than he had in Cleveland. A year ago? In Cleveland? No, no. I'm just talking about it. I'm talking about Washington. Washington from year I think there's year. less talent, talent in, in Washington, Washington than now than was last year. I would agree. Yeah. I don't. Okay. Like, I think Pryor's got more talent than Josh, than Pierre Garçon. I think Jameson Crowder's a year older. And I think Josh Dotson's still a first-round pick. But Deshaun Jackson, we like him. He's I, I like him too, but he's a one-trick pony. Why can't they be more multiple? And that makes them more successful. Because they weren't good in the red zone. They were fucking awful. I like hearing it because I like my Captain Kirk Cousins. All right, I think we're pretty good here, right? Yeah, so no. before we close... quick... He's on the he's on yeah. that team. That's that's an interesting player though. Wow. If Josh Dotson can't make it back. Wow, quick. So uh also before Dotson, just so you know, yeah, go ahead. they're basically saying he's not back. He's not run, he's not doing he's, he's still fucked up. Well, then that's gonna be a problem. Yeah. So keep your eye on that one. By no means is Josh, Josh Dotson like Behind his uh, foot or toe or ankle or whatever injuries he had last year, he's still dealing with them, and he—that's an issue. So uh, let me just uh, close this out by yeah. talking about the music. Yeah. So it's Mickey and the Soul Generation. This is actually uh, a band from San Antonio, Texas, from the 1960s. Right. So um, we opened with "Give Everybody Some" and "Your Welcome Stag Party." I opened with "Give Everyone Some." I was going to close with it. Another seven-minute-long song. I was going to do that to you, and I said, "Well, he wants to get out of here." So we're going to close with "Hey, Brother Man," and this is like three minutes. So you're, you're in good shape. Hey guys, before you hit it, nice work back to back. We just did uh, almost five, uh, four and hours and forty minutes of wide receivers across the two divisions, and uh, only Pyro's giving you that kind of go. Every other show you hear likes to do an hour long. Sorry, 
We just like to go along, and our people that love us the most are like, go longer, go longer. And if you're new to listening to us, sorry, just listen to us, chip away at us. Listen to us over time. Yeah, but why do you want it truncated? But at the end of the day, we're giving you the goo. We do not brush over anything. We go to the depths and the depths and go to the, the seventh player on the team. And if you're new to us, we're fired up for you to hear us. Hopefully you'll be able to you know sign up for us on subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a review if you're an old fan and you haven't done so. Guys, we love it. As you can tell, obviously we're starting to we took a nice little break and we're starting to ramp the hell out of this thing with the draft coming up. Our website changes are off the charts. Um, just so fired up to get back into fantasy football and uh, love talking about all this shit with you guys. No, it's, it's more exciting when we disagree and we get a little feisty, uh, and that's just the way we do it. So let's close this thing out. Stag party. Hopefully you're not too late for a little golf action. It is beautiful out there. It looks nice. I just walked Daisy, and it is beautiful out there. Nice. I was cold in shorts earlier. And uh, Houdini, we'll, we'll miss you on our uh, show. We're going to do a... Uh, we thought we'd do the tight end show today, but fuck's sake. We went, we went long. We, we went, went long. Surprise. So we're going to do that on Wednesday and get, uh, get the tight ends out of the way before the draft. Then after that, the next show after that, correct me if I'm wrong, Stags, in two weeks... We're going to be doing a post-draft kind of dealio. Mm-hmm. Guys, you're the best. We're the best. Pyro, have it. Let's do it. Enjoy your life and let us be a part of it. Mickey and the Soul Generation. Hey, brother man.
Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell.